across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Bedfordshire Health Body pledges to balance the books, Cameron meeting EU leaders and Finance Chief jailed for stealing money from Milton Keynes School. BBC Three Counties Radio. The body which funds NHS services in Bedfordshire says balancing the books will not affect patient care or frontline services despite a £43 million deficit. NHS England has provided a cash injection of £31 million for the Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group, but the the Labour MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuka, says that money may go on debts rather than health care. Inevitably, they're going to have to pay off this deficit. Um, it's a huge scale, um, which is why we need to ask basic questions about the accountability that led the CCG to be here in the first place. This CCG now needs to be in special measures and needs to be looked at by government. David Cameron will begin discussions with other European leaders today on his plans to reform Britain's relationship with the EU. At a summit in Latvia, he'll outline changes he wants to see, including restrictions on benefits for migrants, before he holds an in-out referendum on Britain's membership. There's been an increase in the number of drivers caught speeding by fixed cameras in the three counties. A Freedom of Information request shows 12 and a half thousand more motorists were penalised last year compared to the year before. This despite some of the cameras in Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire not working. Police in Hertfordshire are searching for an 83-year-old dementia sufferer who has gone missing. James Lomax was last seen near his home in Manor Road in Wheathamstead at 4.50 yesterday afternoon. He's believed to be wearing a light-coloured anorak, dark blue trousers, open-toe sandals and brown socks. He may also be wearing a dark-coloured flat cap. The former head of finance at a school in Milton Keynes has been jailed for siphoning off school funds. Police have praised other staff at Two Mile Ash School for uncovering the fraud. Catherine Nethersoll transferred money and wrote cheques to herself, amounting to £120,000. More from Jane Killick. Detective Constable Paddy Navin, who investigated the crime, says the amount of money stolen from Two Mile Ash School means major school projects have had to be shelved or postponed. Catherine Nethersoll took the money between March 2011 and May 2014. The 37-year-old from Biddenham near Bedford omitted six counts of fraud by abusive position. She's been sentenced to two years and two months in prison. Scotland Yard has stopped a schoolgirl from East London who is taking her GCSEs from travelling to Syria to join Islamic State. Officers intervened after a tip-off from the Daily Mail. Luton Borough Council say they're working with police and landowners to crack down on the problem of off-road bikes. The warning follows complaints from residents living near Hatters Way and Chorland Lane. In sport, Wickham Wanderers will check on the fitness of goalkeeper Matt Ingram ahead of tomorrow's League Two playoff final at Wembley against Southend. Ingram missed both semi-final matches and England's cricketers will resume on 354 for seven on day two of the first test against New Zealand at Lords. The weather dry and sunny this morning, showers possible this afternoon, a maximum temperature 19 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties.
Ian Lee, BBC uh, Three Counties Radio. It's Friday. Oh, now, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. All right. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. All right, so I had a little knock on the car yesterday, Scoins. Yeah. A little knock, okay. Now, since then, just steady yourselves. My back and my neck do feel a bit stiff. Right. But they do. Yeah. You they do. You've had a you've had a, you've had a collision. Now, when I get a phone call from some random Indian bloke mm. saying, "Oh, I, I won't do the accent. Mm. I believe you were in a car crash. Mm. Um, did you injure yourself? 
Well, am I going to be one of those people that says, well, actually, yeah, I, you know what, my back's a bit stiff and my neck's a bit stiff. You probably need to take a couple of days off work oh, just to make it look please. at least a little bit. Yeah? You know, yeah. Okay, or well, at least hobble. I'll call the factory later on and say yeah. I can't come in to lift the boxes. Yeah, so that's what I do in the daytime. Yeah, um, How are you, Scoines? Yeah, I'm alright. You okay. must have Euro fever. Oh, it's so exciting. Isn't it? Ju- we'll talk to you later on about that. Yeah, fine. Let's just um, um, wet your whistle. No. Keep your... Um, powder? Uh, dried. Yeah. Keep your powder dried. Because before that, freeze-dry that powder. Because before that, I think they can freeze-dry a man's powder now They as well. can do that, They yeah. can do that, they and do it, can, do. it still works. You can just yeah. add water and... So, before that, we've got, you know, slight, some might say slightly more serious things. Yeah, well, well. Bedfordshire's Clinical Commissioning Group, he said, turning to the script, has admitted it's running, get this, guys, a £43.2 million deficit. That's right, £43.2 million. Uh, The body is supposed to hold the purse strings for all NHS services in the county, but the situation is so serious that all business will be overseen nationally rather than locally in the future. Uh, Paul Scoynes, you've been speaking to the people in charge. Mm. What was wrong and how did it get so bad there that they had a £43.2 Two million pounds deficit. Well, this is the CCGs are effectively the bodies which dish out the cash to the NHS and they commission services and they decide where patients are going to get treated for certain things. And they're a couple of years old. They're not very, uh, not very old. They were bought in under, I think we have to call it the last government, but the coalition government. Yep. And they were a replacement for the primary care trusts. Now, it was very quickly apparent that this was a, 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 a CCG in trouble because it was posting deficits it was not making the savings it thought it was going to so mm. one of the part of the sort of reason for these coming into being was that they were going to be more efficient yeah allow doctors to take charge of the health service and to commission the services and um the CCG put forward some uh, proposals to make savings they didn't work um they also got their data horribly wrong and as a result their accounting was appalling Mm. to the extent that in one year they thought they had a surplus they thought they had money in the bank 1.4 million pounds when actually they had an overdraft of 12.7 million pounds (laughs) oh you shouldn't laugh i mean that's not just that's not just a small accounting error that's pretty significant 14.1 million pounds out yeah um and yesterday i asked uh, steve hone who's the chairman of this ccg what led to this problem we started off the year with a surplus and as the year developed we found that that surplus um actually wasn't a surplus and and what was confusing to us was the data um appeared inaccurate so over that time, we've um, taken a lot of steps to improve our governance structure, brought people in, both in terms of extra resource to get to the bottom of the issue and also extra people to um, try and improve the oversight of the stuff that was coming out of the of the CCG. Is this the worst in the country, Paul? Is we, it? we think it is one of the worst. I spoke to NHS England yesterday and they said it wasn't the worst. There were bigger deficits in other CCGs, but this is yeah. up there. And it is embarrassing because, you know, they thought they had money to play with when, of course, now they don't. And they've got to yeah. now find extra savings um, to try and make, a, you know, around the area. And that will inevitably, in some ways, impact on the way that the service is going to be delivered. And I asked the, the man who's now in charge, this is the other thing, Ian, you know, the people who were at the top oh, of this organisation no. have now gone. They've all oh. stepped aside only recently. So um, the man who's now in charge, and you'll be talking 
talking to him in a couple of hours' time, has only been in the job for 40 days now. Uh, this, how come the, the, every time there's a muff-up on any on anything, whether it's schools, it's uh, uh, companies or this... It's someone new, and I'm sure this gentleman who will come in will be very charming and say, "Well, it was nothing to do with me. Lessons have been learned, mistakes were made, but we're going to do our best." And I can't really give him a kick in the shins, can I? Because but you can give the organisation a kick in the yeah. shins. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the rub here is that this is a body which is in control of millions of yeah. pounds of our money and has not used it, or at least hasn't known what it's doing. Yeah. Um, Nick Robinson is that guy. Right. He he basically has been involved in the. NHS for decades now and asked him if this was the worst that he'd ever seen. I've worked with many over the last couple of years and I think the circumstances here are really exceptional and unusual uh, and that what we need to do is is get back to um, a system with the right systems and controls in place. I've worked with over 50 others and um, none of them have been in anything like these circumstances. Uh, and the CCG has already been trying to save money. What, what are they doing? But the staff members have got to bring their own stamps in to post letters. How are they, how are they doing that? Well, they're trying to be more efficient, I guess, and by using different um, sorts of services, they're trying to work in different ways. They're trying to get the doctors to work in different ways. We heard yesterday about um, doctors' concerns about working seven-day weeks. And, of course, this is something that's funded centrally, but the CCG will have a... A, a role to play in that. Now, as you say, they've already been trying to make savings, but one of the things that came out of yesterday's report is that those savings were failing. Um, yes, there were, you know, the typical rise in demands. They had a bad winter. That's mm. always the NHS's excuse. Oh, we had a bad winter. Mm. But they did. They did have a high demand. They had particular problems with um, mental health issues uh, and the way that that service was delivered as well. Um, but in terms of the savings that they tried to make, which weren't working, I put that to the man who was, you know, the clinical um, uh, sort of man in charge at the moment, Dr. Peter Perry Oakden. Mm. He's a vice chair of the uh, CCG and he's also a GP in Bedford and he says that they just just weren't good enough. Clearly, the ideas that we've put in place have not been the ones that have delivered the savings that we wanted. It may be because actually we were more passionate about delivering good clinical care. Um, and as GPs, you know, um, the finances weren't perhaps our number one priority. However, as a governing body, clearly that was something that we all took incredibly seriously. You've got 30 seconds to mm. tell us what's next. Well, now everything, as you say at the beginning, everything has to be run past the body in charge of this, the mm. NHS England. So they've now got to run everything past, including who they appoint, the you know the plan they put out. They need to revert this this decline and uh, and sort of get better in three years, according to NHS England. Um, and they need to see a plan in place as soon as possible. My understanding will be that that is in the next one to two months. You're not going to get anything from him today because he will say, well, we're putting the plan in place, we need to devise it at the moment, we've got to run it past people. So all today really is going to be is a bit of a hands up, yeah, we did bad. Um, he's he's got his, literally got his hands up. I, 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 I believe so, yeah. yeah. OK, well, super sexy, thank you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking at the motorways on the cameras and it's really quiet so far this morning so it's no queues yet. And the A40 in High Wycombe, there's roadworks going on just after Stuart Road so that could also cause some delays later on but it's looking quiet so far. In High Wycombe on Amersham Road there's gas means works going on before Gerald's Road which could get busy later. And in Milton Keynes on the A421 Standing Way at the Kingston Roundabout there's roadworks there too going on so expect delays. On the trains the 614 service from Bedford to Sutton calling at Luton at 6.34 is been cancelled. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Thank you very much. I'm showing Paul Scoynes the cover of the um, uh, Jazz Singer soundtrack album, uh, Neil Diamond, from which that first song came. Uh, and uh, describe the image I've just displayed here. Uh, that appears to be Neil Diamond, not of the skin tone that you would expect Neil Diamond to be, and Blacked wearing up. a uh, wig, which yeah. certainly would, would indicate he was of African-American uh, parents. You know I'm going to do? Let me, uh, let me do the news. Stay here, because there's a bit on the record that relates to that. It's <laughs> one of my favourite lines from any film. It's actually... Well, you couldn't do... Do you remember the film Soul Man? Where a guy blacked up, this, this is the 80s, guys, a white guy blacked up so that he would get, I think, a basketball scholarship so he could study medicine. Well, it's a scene reminiscent of that. Stay there, hang on. Oh, I forgot to do the news. Dad, do you know what? Plenty of time for the news later on. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every day it's not just about great music and great conversation. I'll get a bit technical here. It's about local experts helping you across beds, hearts and bucks. So what we're talking about then is capital gains tax potentially on the portion of the property that they directly own. On finance, relationships. But look at the way that you have contributed to this situation. Health. When you have a cough which can seem quite innocuous in this way but just irritating. Asthma is something that we would think of. Your pet. Particularly if your dog is a border collie cross, um, it will be epilepsy. And even law. You still cannot say, judge, you have to stick to this. But the judge's approach now is going to be, well, why shouldn't we? Local advice for local people. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm trying to find the bit on the jazz singer where Neil Diamond's singing in a black club. It's this, right, OK. So, so the story of the jazz singer, you've, never, you've seen this, haven't you, Kath? I... No, oh, age, guys, you're ye- all borrowing my jazz singer DVD. No, listen, I, I saw it years ago, but I Man. don't really remember very much about it. Right, so Neil Diamond, OK. Uh, this is... I grew up on this record. He's a singer in a synagogue. He's a singer in a synagogue, okay? And his dad is the famous Jewish actor Laurence Olivier. (laughs) And Diamond wants to be a rock and roll singer. And his dad dad does, you know... I can't do. He does like a really strong Jewish accent, but he says, "No, you can't. You have there's a oh, there's a scene where uh, Laurence Olivier rips his jacket and says, I have no son.' Oh, <laughs> anyway, Laurence so, Olivier. So Diamond wants to be a rock and roll singer. He's about 45 when the film was made, and he hangs out, of course, as you would do if you want to be a rock and roll singer, with black guys. Okay. <laughs> It's such an 80s film. And the black guys get him a gig, and they say, we've got you a gig. And he says, hey, fantastic, where is it? They say, well, it's at a black club. Sorry? (laughs) It's at a black club. You're going to have to black up. (laughs) So Diamond's singing this in full blackface. Wow. With an Afro wig Mm. in front of a black audience. The black audience are loving it. They don't realise they're being duped. (laughs) Right, so, okay, so he's singing this. And they're all getting on going, yeah, this is like a funky black song, man. We like this. Here we go. Here we go. It's got the best quote in. I remember hearing this as a kid and just thinking, whoa. So that everyone's rocking out in this club and they're... Here we go, hang on a second. So Diamond's clapping at this point, by the way. He's clapping. He's He's playing the guitar. He's clapping. Do you know what they forgot to do? Didn't black his hands up. Oh. So listen to the audience then. You've got to listen carefully. Here we go. That ain't no brother, that's a white boy. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's the best line from any film. The gentleman realises that Neil Diamond has not blacked his hands up and says, that ain't no brother, that's a white boy. How could you not want to see that movie, <laughs> Scoines? I, I want to watch it now. I've had similar experiences with fake tan. It happens. Lang, it happens. Lang, 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 he's so fine. Eight four five nine four double five five double five. Let's tell you what we'll do. Uh, we're going to compile the top ten list of uh, films where people black up or where people white up. Uh, Lenny Henry's uh, uh, attempt to break into Hollywood was called. He, he whited up in it. What was it called? Oh dear. Oh oh. It'll come to me in a minute. What are the blacked up films? There's, there's, there was, it was big in the 80s. To well, I know White Chicks, that was a Wayland's White brothers. Chicks, there we go, White Chicks. Under, was Lenny Henry's film called Undercover or something? Undercover Brother. No, he was what? He was, uh, no, no. It'll come to me, it'll come to me. 08459 555 Now, if you've been stung by a speed camera in Bedfordshire or Hertfordshire, you're not alone. New research suggests the number of drivers caught out is up by 12,500 on last year. Well, Kevin Delaney is head of the Institute of Advanced Motorists. Morning, Kevin. Good morning. What's your take on speed cameras? Well, speed cameras, let's be clear about this, they, they do work. Um, what speed cameras do is they reduce the speed, generally, of traffic going past them, and th that's their job. If they, they will also reduce death and injury on the road, provided they're put in the right place. Now, is that right, Kevin? Because I know that we're, at some point today we'll get someone phoning up saying those figures are made up and that they, they will relate to a study in Portsmouth and they'll go, it's all nonsense. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, and, and I've been living with this debate for, yeah. it's, it seems, forever, although, in fact, it, it is only for about the last 20 years. Now, the, the, the simple fact is that 
provided speed cameras are actually positioned on a, on a place in the road or in a stretch of road where there is a bad record of speed-related crashes, then they will reduce the crashes by reducing the speed of, of most of the traffic. The problem comes when people sort of, you know, when they go into roads where the, the, the look of the road doesn't actually match up with the speed limit. And, so, and, and, and that's where the, the, the difficulties tend to arise. So, for example, speed cameras on motorways, which are our safest roads generally, tend, I think, nowadays to catch more speeding drivers than, for example, mm. speed cameras in your local high street. You shouldn't. People that, that um, uh, complain about speed cameras and being caught out by them, it's tough, isn't it? You shouldn't be speeding. That's absolutely right. You shouldn't be speeding. However, and I I'm not here making a case for a speeding driver, but the simple fact is that in a modern car, the difference between, t for the driver, the difference between 30 and 40 miles an hour is negligible. Mm. You can actually, even if you know the speed limit, exceed 30 by a relatively small margin. And if the, if the people operating the cameras decide to sort of institute prosecution at a very low margin, so, you know, the, the, in, in the bad old days before the, we had the speed cameras, the Association of Chief Police Officers had, a, had guidance on speed enforcement of speed limit plus 10% plus 2 miles an hour, mm. which meant that if you were doing less than 35 miles an hour, then you wouldn't get prosecuted. That isn't necessarily the case now. I'm not saying that it, it, it isn't the case anywhere, but it isn't necessarily the case because, of course, speed enforcement has largely been taken over or rather being done on behalf of the police by camera partnerships. Why do you think there's been such a big increase in drivers being caught out by this? It can only be for, really for one of, one of sort of two reasons. Either more of us are speeding, and I'm not entirely sure that I, that I, I buy that one, or that in, the enforcement effort has been increased. And that would include, for example, reducing the level of, of you know, sort of the, the, the grace period, if you like, of, for, for speeders. So you, you know, it might be that there are more cameras, in, there's more camera enforcement going on. It might well be that whoever is doing the camera enforcement is now instituting prosecutions at a level, at a lower level than they would previously. Kevin, it, that can only be one of those two reasons. Kevin, you're the head of the Institute of Advanced Motorists. Does that mean you're like the best driver in the country? No. I'm, and indeed, I'm, I'm only the head of road safety within ah. the Institute of Advanced Motorists. No, and I'm certainly not the best driver in the country. Um, I have absolutely no idea who would be the best driver in the country, and I think you know it would be very, very dangerous for any one of us. Yeah. I mean, I we all think we're good, but it would be very dangerous for any one of us to think that we were the best driver in the country because not one of us is perfect. It's not me, Kevin. I went into the back of a BMW yesterday. <laughs> well, they're, they're built like tanks. Their car, not a scratch. Mine was crumpled. That's often well. You, the, the back of you know, in, 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 you, for two reasons. One, you were braking yep. probably, and when you brake, the nose of your car goes down. So what's happening is that you're actually sort of going under the back of the Aye. BMW. So not 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 good. But uh, you know, there, there we go. I, as, I'm certainly not the best driver in the country. I, on my good days, I'm. I hope I'm a good driver. Kevin, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much indeed, Kevin Delaney, head of the Institute of Advanced Motorists. Yes, it was True Identity. True Identity was the Lenny... Imagine Lenny Henry making a film. Why would... What, <laughs> the 80s were weird, because, he, you know, there were loads of people like him, and um, 
uh, uh, Rick Mail going to Hollywood to make films. I mean, with the greatest of respect, why would you want to go and see a Rick Mail or a Lenny Henry movie? Drop Dead Fred was quite good, though. Well... I mean, for what it was. Well, it got, stink- it got stinky reviews at the time. Didn't do any business at the time. It's kind of become a cult mm-hmm. on, uh, I believe, on VHS video. Uh, 08459 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. 81333. Start your text 3CR. We'll speak to Delia in a bit. He's come dressed up as, um, well, he seems to have forgotten to put his shoes and socks on today. It's a very weird look. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's still looking really quiet in Buckingham on the A421 eastbound. There's looking uh, like around the total roundabout. There's roadworks going on, but that isn't causing any delays at the moment. Also on the A421 standing way in Milton Keynes, the Kingston roundabout. Expect delays there later on because of the roadworks. In Amersham Road in High Wycombe, there's gas mains work just before Gerald's Road. That's not causing any delays so far, but expect that to get busy later on. And checking the motorways, no reports of any problems so far on the M25 and no delays showing up on the train departure boards. Samantha Brown. BBC Three Counties. Sammy, thank you. Yeah, you're right, Scott. We can open this up. When have people uh, just played different ethnicities? He says Mickey Rooney yellowed up in Breakfast at Tiffany's. He did, didn't he? And he did the full-on... He did all that, didn't he? It's awful. Uh, And didn't... uh, There's a Bond film as well where Sean Connery yellows up. He becomes... um, uh, he becomes like a Japanese fella, doesn't he? Uh, I can't. I'm not too hot on the Connery Bonds. Films where people have played. Let's let's put it. Let's couch it in BBC uh, language. Films where uh, people have played uh, other people from other ethnicities, or when have people blacked up, yellowed up, or whited down? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The body which funds NHS services in Bedfordshire says balancing the books will not affect patient care or frontline services despite a £43 million deficit. NHS England has provided a cash injection of £31 million for the Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group. David Cameron will begin discussions with other European leaders today on his plans to reform Britain's relationship with the EU. And the former head of finance at a school in Milton Keynes has been jailed for siphoning off school funds. Police have praised other staff at Two Mile Ash School for uncovering the £120,000 fraud. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wickham Wanderers will check on the fitness of goalkeeper Matt Ingram ahead of tomorrow's League Two playoff final at Wembley against Southend. Ingram missed both semi-final matches. Chairboys boss Gareth Ainsworth says they head to Wembley under no pressure. We were never meant to be here. We were never meant to be first in the league. We were never meant to be third in the league. We were never meant to finish fourth in the league. We were never meant to be in the playoffs. We were never meant to get to the playoff final. You ask anyone, it's just brilliant to be here. Um, the boys are just riding this crest of the wave and, and seeing how far it's going to take them. And there's full coverage from Wembley from 2pm tomorrow with kickoff at 5.30. The new Stevenage manager Teddy Sheringham admits the club are taking a gamble in appointing him. The former England and Manchester United striker has coached at West Ham, but it's his first management role. I'm untried and un- untested, very inexperienced, but uh, hopefully I'm a quick learner on this side of the fence as well and, and hopefully uh, I'll get going as, as quick as I can and hopefully the gamble pays off. 
Elsewhere, Watford launched their new home kit for the Premier League this afternoon and Milton Keynes Don's season ticket sales have passed the 6,000 mark ahead of the new championship season. England's cricketers will resume on 354 for seven on day two of the first test against New Zealand at Lords. Joe Root hit 98 as England recovered from 30 for four with Ben Stokes out for 92. When you're in the middle with a guy who's you know had the record he's had over the past year and a half, um, it does fill you with a with a lot of confidence. I quite like Batman Rooty, he's pretty chilled out, don't really talk about that much in the middle and you know, long, long may his form continue. Ahead of this weekend's Monaco Grand Prix, the Milton Keynes Red Bull boss Christian Horner says Formula One is in need of a good service and in golf, Italy's Francesco Molinari leads the PGA Championship at Wentworth after a first round seven under par 65. Rory McIlroy is six strokes behind. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at seven. Now normally on a Friday we play everything from vinyl Today, would you allow me one little bending of that rules? There's a good reason for it. I'm playing this from a computer system. I'll explain all in 2 minutes 32 seconds. Hey, fatty boom boom. The sweet sugar dumpling. Hey, fatty boom boom. Let me tell you something No, not because you're so big and fat Don't believe I'm afraid of that Self-praise is no recommendation I'm looking for creation Hey, fatty boom boom A sweet sugar dumpling Hey, fatty boom boom let me tell you something To me that look like mouse But I wonder a bread I wouldn't stop trying Till I drop down dead Never let your big size fool you The cooler day of the cool Ladies and gentlemen, for some reason, this was this song became a huge. Well, I, I, it was a huge hit. My dad used to sing this song to me when I was a little boy. Imagine that. Oh, I miss my dad, and he would. I just remembered he would sing this to me when I was a little boy. I'm afraid of. And uh, it's been this show's mission to track down Mr. Carl Malcolm, the gentleman who recorded this classic hit. Well, Kelly Betts has only gone and done that. She's tracked down Carl Malcolm. He's on the line now. Good morning, Mr. Carl Malcolm, sir. Good morning, man. How are you, fella? You're right. Everything nice, man. Now, you, I say good morning. Where, whereabouts in the world are you? I'm in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. So I'm guessing yeah, it's... Outside Maryland, yes. Close to Washington, D.C., Maryland. So I'm guessing it's quite late at night there, is it? Yeah, um... Yeah, it's about one something. How did you end up in Washington, Carl? Well, I live between here and, um, Jamaica, but I stay here mostly. Okay. I, I got a business running in, um, in Washington area. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I, and are you still making music, Carl? If I, I know you're making music because we've got your new song here, which we're going to play a bit of in a second. But uh, you, you're still doing it, are you? Oh yeah, I've got a band and everything, and we're, you know we still play shows and tour and do things like that. Yes. Blimey, do you get sick of the Fatty Bum Bum song? Oh, no. Because <laughs> you no. must have heard it a million times. I've heard it maybe 10 million times. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> who, is, who is the Fatty Bum Bum? Who, who, who did it? Yeah, who is it, who is it about? Who are, you, who are you thinking of when you wrote Hey Fatty Bum Bum? Well, I, I guess um, um, I did this song with Miss Wyabies at first, and then um, after I became a hit, um, it was like a joke. Some girls were asking me how come I was sitting, um, singing a song about a slim girl and a singer sing a song about a fat girl. So one day I just did that. I, it wasn't even finished properly. I just started writing and uh, it was, you know, catchy. I went and did the tracks and voice, put on two, um, two verses, and I thought I was going back to finish it up. And then, to my surprise, <laughs> They put it out the way it was. Because <laughs> I know, because this is part of the reason I like it so much, is there are a couple of little mistakes in there. Yeah. There's a bit it's when it goes broken. to the instrumental bit and it plays the wrong note. It is a, it yeah. is a classic. And I say my dad used to sing this to me when um, yeah. when I was a little boy. Let me just bring in my friend Justin Dealey. Justin. Oh, wow. Do you know what, Boss? Legend. Oh, Legend. I, I have rushed back to the radio car when I knew you had Carl Malcolm on the programme. This man, Carl, I've got to tell you that earlier this year I was in the Caribbean and I went looking for you. And every yeah. single person I mentioned your name to, they all knew the tune and they all started singing it. And you know, the best thing about it was they were singing your song with a smile on their face. They all had great memories behind it. They loved it. Absolutely loved it, Carl. Yeah, man, it's a miracle. I'm loving it, you know. Is it, is it hard having such a big hit, Carl? Because then, then you've got to try and live up to that, haven't you? Or did that never bother you? Uh, it's, not, it's not hard because, um, well, you know, I know it does come to me natural. But yes, it's hard to try to make another hit to, you know, top that one. That, that's a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, must have been. Uh, it, it, you must have had a good time, though. You, I, I'm imagining, sir, that you enjoyed yourself thoroughly, being um, being a, a, an unexpected pop star. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm say, saying, yeah, Carl. Yeah, you yeah, know what I'm saying, time. Mr. Malcolm. You had a good time, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a good time. I still having a good time. <laughs> uh, I'm, still playing, I'm still playing music. I'm playing music tonight and tomorrow night. So I still play music. So. Um, Do you ever come over to the UK, time. Carl? I haven't been to the UK in a while now. Um, several people asked me the tour, but um, they didn't come with the right price and the right arrangement, so I didn't, I didn't come. So I'm waiting for the right thing to happen. Yeah, mm. it's, well, listen, man. Nick, if if you come, you can. I've, I've got a spare room, so you can um, <laughs> you can stay with us. Just keep, <laughs> just keep the noise down, because I've got two young kids. Okay, so don't you know? Okay. <laughs> after eight o'clock, you got to turn the noise down a bit. Uh, how big is <laughs> how big is reggae in the states? Do they get it? Oh, reggae, reggae is, big, is pretty big. Very, very big in the states. Every second person was reggae. You now it's, yeah. it's not like it's not like you know years ago. It's, it's much spread out along the wider now. Carl, can I ask you one question? Okay. Yeah, uh, uh, yesterday we had a debate about whether UB40. I don't know if you know them. They're an English reggae band. Whether oh, they yeah. whether they were any good or a load of rubbish. Where do you stand on UB40? UB40. Yeah, I, I, I like them. Um, I, I like artist's voice. Yeah. And, um, of course, they did, they did reggae a different way, but it was their style and it, it worked. So um, I don't have anything against them, really. Yeah, but they're a bit rubbish, aren't they? 
No, I haven't. <laughs> Carl, listen, I, I, we, we, honestly, we're so pleased to, t- to chat to you. We've been, play- we've been talking about you for ages. If people yeah. want to find out what you're up to now, and this is, this is your new song playing in the background, where, where do they go? Have you got a website or something? We think that. Oh, Carl, we've lost you, I think. Carl? Uh, OK, yeah. Have you got a website or anything? Oh, yeah. Carl, Malcolm and Positive Vibration. It's me at Carl Malcolm, pbband.com. Just say that again, Carl. Carl Malcolm. Yep. PVband.com. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Hey, listen, man, go and get, hey, go, and get go and get some sleep. And, uh, you know, just thank you for being such a good sport. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, man, that's right. Thank that's you, Carl. Stuff. Take care. Listen. Yeah. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. There we go. Oh, Justin Dealey. What a legend that what, man is. In, what, it's one o'clock in the morning in Washington. <laughs> no wonder he sounds knackered. Oh, I love that story. Have you know, I made this song and I couldn't believe they put it out there. <laughs> it is brilliant because you listen to it. There are loads of mistakes in it, but yeah. I love that. I mean, who has the kind of audacity to sing a song about a girl with a fat bum? Well, can I? Can, can we just, I think, a spontaneous round of applause for yeah, Kelly Betts uh, well needs done. to be done here. Because Kelly, Kelly managed to track Carl Malcolm down. She's been, um, um, well, you've been, I guess it would be fair to say, grooming him online, haven't you, to come on? Yeah. What What was it that won him over? Well, it does end suddenly, doesn't it? What was it that won him over? The pics? Uh, yeah, I sent some pics and said, if you want more, come on the radio. <laughs> what a nice man. I'm not sure if he knew exactly what was going on there, but <laughs> what a thoroughly nice gentleman. Justin, yeah. what the heck are you wearing this morning, fella? Uh, I'm wearing tassel loafers with uh, no socks. It is summer, it is fashion. Deal with it. I've seen the picture. Scoins has sent me the picture. I'm going to tweet it. Of what? Your feet. How on earth did he get a picture of my feet? I don't well, know, but it's a good one. It's, it's a good one. I can't, I can't pull it off, though. I'm trying to... Um, He's unbelievable, I'm trying guy. to pull... Scoins, I'm trying to pull you off, <laughs> and I can't, I can't seem to get it up. I've got it up, but I can't get it off. Can I make a point here, a serious point? If, if he's taking pictures of me without my knowledge... Oh, come. What's he doing to other female members of staff no. at the BBC? <laughs> to be honest, the way you're standing in this looks like you know, but I no, guess no, that's... No, no, I promise you, I promise you, all my life, I do not know. Right. I've been, uh, well... He's mugged me off. Uh, right, listen, uh, Dealey, you take take your shoes. Th- well, take your shoes. I say shoes. They look like slippers and lack yes. of socks to the uh, the streets, please. And we'll speak in a bit. Yeah, no worries. Thank no you. Worries. Cheers. He, I mean, I'm trying to. Have you got? You, you have a little look in the papers. I tell you what. I tell you what. Let's have a bit of this, and then we'll um, uh, we'll see if I can get this picture up on Twitter. Hang on a second.
Right, the picture is tweeted. Uh, at Ian Lee, if you want to have a look at it. And now, but, uh, frustratingly, I've now set the picture of Justin uh, wearing slippers with no socks on as my um, my wallpaper on my computer. I've got rid of a picture of my boys. <laughs> and now I've got Dealey's feet and I don't know how to change it. Right, let's have the Trav and then I'm going to try and get rid of that and we'll see. Hang on a second. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting with the trains London Midland are reporting delays between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey. There's a shortage of train crews, so they're using taxis to replace the trains this morning. That is making journeys around 20 minutes longer and they're expecting the problem to go on until around half past nine this morning. Also, there was a planned rail strike affecting trains from Monday evening from five o'clock till Tuesday evening at, f- from at five o'clock, but that's now been cancelled. And on the roads, the A1 is starting to build up southbound between the Holiday Inn and Barnet Lane at Stirling Corner. It's also starting to look busy in Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. No problems so far, they reported on the motorways. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. I'm gonna, hang on, let me retweet that pic. Hang on a second. Let me just do this and then we'll... Uh, yes. Uh, these are your news headlines. The body which funds NHS services in Bedfordshire says balancing the books will not affect patient care or frontline services despite a £43 million deficit. David Cameron will begin discussions with other European leaders today on his plans to reform Britain's relationship with the EU. And the former head of finance at a school in Milton Keynes has been jailed for siphoning off £120,000 of school funds. Here's the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you today. Not quite as good as it was yesterday. There's going to be quite a bit more in the way of cloud, unfortunately, but there will be some breaks in the cloud at times, so we'll see a bit of brightness and a few sunny spells. In those sunny spells, it'll feel nice and pleasant. The wind's still light and uh, the temperatures are still warm. Um, some rather high dew point air, so it'll feel quite clammy, possibly quite humid at times. We're looking at top temperatures today up to around 19 or even perhaps 20 degrees. That's 68 in Fahrenheit. Watch out for one or two showers that may pop up here and there through the afternoon but they'll tend to be fairly isolated in nature and most places will stay dry just with quite a lot of cloud around overnight tonight again that cloud's going to thicken perhaps a few spots of rain overnight lows of 11 or 12 degrees so we'll start off tomorrow on a very mild note but probably quite a cloudy note still and then that cloud will clear and we'll see lots of sunshine around tomorrow tomorrow probably the best day of the week and it'll feel nice and warm in the sunshine too on sunday i think we'll start off on a sunny note but gradually we'll see the cloud thicken and we'll probably get some outbreaks of rain across the three counties as we head into the afternoon and um, then behind that weather front it's going to feel cooler for bank holiday monday so cooler but still some sunny spells lots of dry weather at uh, the risk of one or two showers i think as we head into monday afternoon but it's only a risk in many places of course we'll stay dry enjoy your bank holiday Sometimes in life, things don't always go to plan. It worked perfectly for two and a half, three years till two days ago. He should refund me £1,900. Which is where we come in. We managed to get them to agree to come back in to the property on an agreed date. The JVS show takes on your consumer problems. But I've basically lost the whole lot in administration charges. And helps to get to the right solution. I've received a cheque back for £578. Jonathan, I can't thank you enough. I don't know how you do what you do, you and your team. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, if you've just tuned in, you missed um, uh, Carl Malcolm, Hey Fatty Bum Bum fame, coming on the show. 
I mean, I, I missed it as well, pretty much. And I was I was talking to the fella, but what a nice gentleman. I've tweeted it, at uh, uh, Ian Lee. Um, uh, retweet if you think he looks like a plum. Favourite if you think he looks like an icon. We've had um, uh, we've had two favourites. Hang on, we're not talking about Carl Malcolm here. We're no. talking about Justin Dealey. Oh, Justin Dealey, uh, he's wearing, like, um, uh, slippers, it looks like, and uh, no socks. And uh, someone's tweeted, I thought I'd turned over to Rastamouse. How do they get away with that on Rastamouse? I guess they use actual Jamaican actors rather than someone who mocks it up. But, I mean, uh, well, but it, I, well, also it's rubbish, Rastamouse. Uh, we're also asking as well, films where um, people have blacked up, yellowed over or whited down... Um, the Oompa Loompas don't count. No, because they're orange. Yeah, they're not supposed technically to be any particular not race. a race. Someone sent me another one on... on My Twitter's all full of Justin's feet now. <laughs> um, um, Lenny Henry and True Identity. We've got that one. Thank you. Uh, Short Circuit had a comedy Indian, says Patrick. White Chicks... Uh, the uh, Soul Man is where it starts from. The Watermelon Man. I don't know the Watermelon Man. That sounds outrageous. And also, it was big in the 70s. There was a, a, a um, Spike Milligan blacked up, Indianed up, to uh, play a comedy Indian in um, Curry and Chips. Peter Sellers was partial as well. Peter Sellers. Oh, goodness gracious me. Uh, and um, um, not um, they like it up and... <laughs> Some like it hot. No, um, it ain't, it ain't off hot, hot mum. mum. There's a comedy. There was a white man whose whose you know character was he would black up and be an Indian. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that. Charlie was... Chan was never an actual Chinaman, was he? No, no. Peter Sellers did a Charlie Chan as well. Actually, you love Peter Sellers, loved it. Uh, I, I don't know if there's anything technically wrong with it. No. Bit of bants. What you got in the papers? The Tell you what, uh, th- this person... There's nothing in the papers. A man was so frustrated. I've been frustrated in the past. It might make me shout. It might make me, you know, make a bit of a show of myself. Yeah. I, I've never done it quite like this. No. A man was so frustrated at finding his flight had been overbooked that he stripped naked in the airport. Oh, Have some of that. Yes. The man had been attempting to board a US Airways flight to Jamaica from Charlotte Douglas International Airport in North Carolina. Yeah. Onlooker Sherry Ketchy told... WBTV. He started standing there with his arms crossed and hollering at the lady at the desk. He stood there for a moment and then started taking off his clothes. <laughs> in a natural reaction. You would do that if you've ever done a naked protest. I mean, sometimes it's the only uh, <laughs> the only option. Rob's not quite got the hang of this. The most dis- disgraceful attempt is still that black guy who whited up as a cockney in Mary Poppins. No, that was actually that was that was a white guy. That was a white guy. <laughs> Uh, oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Patrick's on the line. Morning, Patrick. Morning, Ian. What, what you got for us? Usual suspects. Pete Hothersway. He browns up as an Indian fella. Does he really? I don't it remember is, the it, usual it, it, suspect it, it, very well. Seriously, just Google it. It makes your toes curl. Oh, hang on a minute. Let me. Um, let's Pete uh, Possethwaite. Who was? He's dead now, isn't he? I think Pete P- Possethwaite. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellent actor. Let's just have a little look. Hang on, Pete Possethwaite, Indian man. Oh, and uh, Bye, pa- Patrick. Patrick's delivered the message, and he, he's uh, he's gone. What film was that? Usual, usual suspects. suspects. Which wasn't a comedy film. You'd think they'd be able to. Um. Yeah, fair play, fair play, fair yeah. play. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah fair he play. He does a bit. All right, Just. Yeah, good morning, boss. People have, uh, could, could mistake you for someone who's uh, blacked up or oranged up. Tributes to the Oompa Loompas.
Not very happy this morning. Hey, mate, come on. We're just having a little bit of bants. You know. Sarah on Twitter said, has looked at the picture, which is now my um, screensaver, thanks for that, <laughs> of you in your slippers and no socks, and uh, she says he's a plum. They look like his nans. Oh. Right. Somebody who clearly doesn't understand fashion. That's a great shame. If you want to come out one day with me shopping, I can put that wrong right. All I'd say is I'm doing it for the streets, OK? OK, I'm just trying to... Um, I don't understand Twitter anymore. What is going on with uh, uh, Twitter? Hang on a minute. You've been uh, retweeted seven times. Great stuff. Favorited three times. Excellent. No, the, the, the retweets mean you're a plum. Right. The favorites mean you're an icon. Okay. Well, let's just uh, let the morning progress. Yeah. Yeah. You've taken this to the streets, haven't you? Yeah, tassel loafers with uh, no socks. It's summer, it's the in thing. <laughs> I've been getting some different perspectives on this one to see what people think. <laughs> yeah. Here's what happened. Boss, tassel loafers, no socks. It's all the, uh, the in thing, isn't it? It's a good look. For some people it is, yeah. What are you saying? You put it off, all right? But I don't think I would. Socks with no shoes. Let's get the German perspective. Is that a good look? No, it's not good. Oh, what? why? Only shoes with socks is better. That's a rubbish German perspective. Thank you, sir. Cheers. Let's get the Jamaican perspective. Sir, you've got a beanie hat on this morning, fantastic hipster beard. Fashion is your middle name. What do you think about my shoes, my loafers with no socks? Brilliant. I think it's nice. If I was walking the streets of Jamaica, would people say respect? Yes. Yeah, but they say that to anyone, mate. No. It doesn't mean anything. They're just nice and friendly. He was talking specifically about my uh, shoes with no socks. OK, it's kind of evening up a little bit on uh, people who think that you're an icon. It's um, nine plum, five icon. <laughs> Let's ask Dr Watts. Morning, Watts. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, fella. What do you reckon, plum or icon? Oh, plum. Daily. Don't tell me. Is your profile picture a picture of an animal? By any chance? No, it's not, no. no is no. it a picture of an egg? No, it's Eva Ledner off um, Willow the Wisp. Yeah, fair play. Fair play, yeah, Justin. Fair play, fair play. Fair yeah, play yeah. Just. Yeah. Speak to you later on. <laughs> Ta-ta. <laughs> Dr Watts, what have you got for us? Oh, Eddie Murphy in uh, Trading Places. He, he whited up as the Jewish guy in the barber shop. Oh, any, if anyone's gone full Jew as well, we'll take that. 08459 555555. I, I don't remember Trading Places very well. Oh, you need to watch it. It's hilarious. There's also, uh, I'm being reminded, Peter Sellers did it all the time, Birdie Num Nums. Remember <laughs> Birdie Num Nums? Uh, and um, Darren says, and oh, this is a good one, Gene Wilder in The Silver Streak. Where he's actually in the toilets. He's got actually got boot polish. He's wiping <laughs> boot polish on his hands and he's walking around and Richard Pryor's teaching him how to be black and he's going, I'm a black man. I'm a black oh, man. Oh yeah, I remember that. I'm a black man. He's doing that. Wow. He's doing that. Doctor Watts, I don't know if there's anything wrong with it. I don't actually. I, th I, th I think it's funny. I think it's funny. I think it, it do you know thank you, Doctor Watts. I think it's funny. As long as you're not doing it. To, um, uh, uh, you know, degrade the no. person that you're portraying. No, the only person who's being ridiculed in that was him. Yeah. Wasn't well. he? Well, in that case, then, if you, because if, if you disagree with um, uh, him blacking up in uh, Silver Streak, then you're going to hate, see no evil, hear no evil, for goodness sakes. 08459 
what have you got for us? Morning, uh, Tropic Thunder, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr.? When did he black up? In a film called Tropic Thunder, it was a comedy. Oh, yes, of course, Tropic Thunder, thank you. How could I have forgotten that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there, I don't know if there's a problem with it. I don't necessarily see that there is. Right. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. We're going to crawl slowly out of the rabbit hole. We'll keep the debate about, and it is a debate uh, about Justin shoes. Uh, um, I mean, they look like slippers. That's the thing. Sammy, Sammy, have you seen the Hello. picture of Justin's feet? Um, let me have a look. Have you put it on Twitter? Yes, mate. That's exactly what I've um, done. It's handy, um, that, isn't it? Um. um. Oh, I can't see it. I will look, though. Oh, oh hang on. Oh. Ah. Uh, oh. No, I can't see it. What do you mean you can't see it? I'm looking. Are you following me, mate, or what? I'm, I'm looking at our travel Twitter, but it's not come up there. Oh, maybe it's not goodness. very travel-related. It's not, it's not very travel-related. <laughs> no, travel hang on. News for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hardiston on the A10 northbound, the entry slip roads closed at the Hardiston roundabout because of an accident. In Brickettwood on the North Elbs Road, that's looking busy at the M25 junction 21A roundabout. And it's starting to build up now on the M25 anti-clockwise from junction 19 for Watford to 17 for Maple Cross. This weekend in Watton at Stone, it's the Hogsozzle Music Festival, so expect extra traffic on the A602 at Frogmore Hill. And on the trains, London Midland have delays between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey because of a short of train queues so they're using taxis taking 20 minutes longer than usual Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Thank you Sammy Let's leave the rabbit hole behind shall we? Thank you very much indeed Let's get the news, here's Simon Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks This is BBC Three Counties Radio It's seven o'clock, the headlines, healthcare pledge in Bedfordshire, taxes replacing trains in Hertfordshire and school finance head jailed in Milton Keynes. BBC Three Counties Radio. The body which funds NHS services in Bedfordshire says balancing the books will not affect patient care or frontline services despite a £43 million deficit. NHS England has provided a cash injection of £31 million for the Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group, but the Labour MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuka says that money may go on debts rather than health care. Inevitably, they're going to have to pay off this deficit. Um, it's a huge scale, um, which is why we need to ask basic questions about the accountability that led the CCG to be here in the first place. This CCG now needs to be in special measures and needs to be looked at by government. A train company is using taxis to transport passengers in Hertfordshire this morning because of a shortage of train crew. London Midlands say taxis are replacing trains between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey on the Abbey Flyer service. Disruption is expected until at least 9.30. David Cameron will begin discussions with other European leaders today on his plans to reform Britain's relationship with the EU. At a summit in Latvia, he'll outline changes he wants to see, including restrictions on benefits for migrants, before he holds an in-out referendum on Britain's membership.
Police in Hertfordshire are searching for an 83-year-old dementia sufferer who has gone missing. James Lomax was last seen near his home in Manor Road in Wheat Hampstead at 4.50 yesterday afternoon. He's believed to be wearing a light-coloured anorak, dark blue trousers, open-toe sandals and brown socks. He may also be wearing a dark-coloured flat cap. The former head of finance at a school in Milton Keynes has been jailed for siphoning off school funds. Police have praised other staff at Two Mile Ash School for uncovering the fraud. Catherine Nethersoll transferred money and wrote cheques to herself, amounting to £120,000. More from Jane Killick. Detective Constable Paddy Navin, who investigated the crime, says the amount of money stolen from Two Mile Ash School means major school projects have had to be shelved or postponed. Catherine Nethersoll took the money between March 2011 and May 2014. The 37-year-old from Biddenham near Bedford admitted six counts of fraud by abuse of position. She's been sentenced to two years and two months in prison. An earthquake with a magnitude of 4.2 has been recorded overnight in Kent. The epicentre was near Sandwich. Tremors were also felt in Essex. No damage or injuries have been reported so far. Luton Borough Council say they're working with police and landowners to crack down on the problem of off-road bikes. The warning follows complaints from residents living near Hatters Way and Chorland Lane. In sport, Wickham Wanderers will check on the fitness of goalkeeper Matt Ingram ahead of tomorrow's League Two playoff final at Wembley against Southend. Ingram missed both semi-final matches and England's cricketers will resume on 354 for seven on day two of the first test against New Zealand at Lords. The weather dry and sunny this morning, showers possible this afternoon, a maximum temperature 19 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport on Line at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, I've just retweeted another picture of, of uh, Dealey's footwear. But also, Scott found a picture of uh, Dealey's Nan in, uh, well, very similar shoes. It's uh, It's confusing. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, you uh, imagine it will be quite difficult to lose £14 million, but that's exactly what the body which holds the purse strings for the NHS in Bedfordshire did. It thought it had £1.4 million in the bank when there was actually an overdraft of 12.7. The Clinical Commissioning Group, the CCG, now has a deficit of £43.2 million, pounds, one of the highest in the uh, in the country. Well, Alistair Burt is the MP for North East Beds, also the newly appointed Minister of State for Community and Social Care at the Department of Health. Morning, Alistair. Hello, Ian. Uh, your thoughts on this? It's extremely bad. Um, it shows an extraordinary lack of financial control uh, to find that your figures are out by 43 million pounds though of course the total size of the, of the budget for Bedfordshire is much greater than that, getting on towards half a billion um, so percentage wise it's perhaps rather less but even so this is a, a, a big series of errors it's come about over a lengthy period of time it's very disappointing and of course I have to have a full investigation as to how it has happened uh, it was the coalition, wasn't it, that, that put doctors in charge of their own system uh, and their spending and how they, they, they use their money. It's obvious this CCG, well, it, it wasn't rigorous enough, was it, to check things were going badly? 
No, I mean, this is the, as far as I'm aware, this is either the worst or the second worst deficit in the country. So there are other CCJs that have been able to manage their uh, their financial affairs much better. Um, but let's, let's just decide what this is. Firstly, the money hasn't disappeared. The money has been used on spending on patient care in the first place. Um, secondly, there are changes that happen during the course of a year, which can mean that figures that you anticipate are going to change because it's, uh, it's difficult to make these budget forecasts if you find yourself paying for treatments that you didn't expect. However, the scale of this and what worried me as MP over the period of time this was unfolding, if, uh, if listeners recall, is that uh, this unfolded over a period of time and for a period it wasn't clear that the CCG knew how much money was being spent or where the problems were. Now that suggests as you indicated, a lack of rigour and oversight, uh, and I need to find out how that was allowed to happen and how the financial controls put in place just didn't work. The CCG says that, uh, that this, the, 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 in, in terms of trying to recoup this money, it won't affect patient services and frontline staff, but how can it not impact on patient services? It's th- 43 million quid. Yes, but it's been spent on patient care. Um, but it anyway. can't carry on. they can't carry on spending like that, can they? Uh, no, but the healthcare that people need has got to be paid for. What has to happen is the, the CCG has to live within its budget. We need to know where the money went, uh, and of course it, it, it's got to be corrected. Um, but Bedfordshire CCG is not going to be repaying that money. That money has been spent on, on patient care. What it's got to do is make sure that when it gets its, its new budget, it knows how much it's paying out so it can control its figures. But if it's... I, I, listen, I, I don't... This is way too complicated for me, Alistair, so bear with me if well, I ask I've only just started. No, it's, it's complicated enough for me, too, Ian. Well, good, I'm good, <laughs> welcome, welcome to your new job. <laughs> if, 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 if it's been spent on patient services, this 43-odd million quid, yeah. um, and they, they can't keep spending like that, then they would have to make cuts to patient services, wouldn't they? If they were spending this on patient care, then either uh, they were spending too much on treatments that they hadn't budgeted for, or that uh, they were paying for treatments that might have been paid for through another part of the system. Now, I don't know which it is. Mm. But yes, there is an amount of money that, uh, that the CCGs and others can lose, but you, you can't, uh, I don't think, and I, I think the NHS uh, commissioning body has said that this is not going to be recouped by, as it were, next year, finding that we can't spend £43 million we were otherwise going to spend. Now, it's got to be corrected over time. There is £30 million more coming to Bedfordshire CCG as a result of a recognition of growth in our population, etc., uh, and that will go some way towards uh, easing the deficit. But it is very important that listeners appreciate there is not suddenly going to be a £43 million hole in patient care in Bedfordshire. That won't be the case. Simon Stevens, the chief exec of uh, NH- the NHS Commissioning Board, NHS England, says that the, this needs to be sorted out within three years. A financial recovery plan that sets out how the CCG will operate within its annual budget for the next three years. This will include a schedule for the repayment of its outstanding debt. That's just not possible, is it? Uh, well, Simon Stevens is, is very good at his job and knows what he's, knows what he's doing, but uh, we've had an assurance that this won't affect, uh, won't affect patient care. But it's essential that the, the CCG knows how much money it's getting and tailors what it's spending to that. Um, and that's, that's very straightforward. So it's not going to happen immediately. But, as I say, it won't affect patient care. Um, but the, uh, 
those commissioning the health service in Bedfordshire is going to have to be very clear how much they've got and what they can spend on what item of work. How is this going to tally in with the uh, Conservatives' plan to have seven-day fully functional NHS? It's a great idea, but if this is kind of the pattern, it's just not workable, is it? It, it's apples and pears in that this is not uh, this is not payment for GP services because that, that's paid for uh, another way. Um, uh, what the Prime Minister wants to see is greater access for people to GP services because um, some people can't, understandably, can't get to GPs uh, during working hours and we need to make sure that more can do that. There's a, ser- a series of pilot projects already taking place over the country to demonstrate how GP surgeries can do this uh, and I'm very interested in see how that develops but it's, it's paid for in a, in a different way so it's not affected by this who's going to organize that will it will it be uh, um, nhs england will it be the ccg will it be the doctors uh, the the advance in gp surgery yeah. is paid for through nhs england because it comes through the money the doctors are paid as okay. uh, as contractors to the nhs system but uh, as i say there are pilot projects already working on that what what doctors themselves are doing is working out in their area how they can uh, change the the pattern of their own working to make sure there is access to gp services on a sunday uh, and we are very much leaving it to doctors and clinicians to do that work but the financial oversight has to come from the centre uh, and that's what worried me about this mm. CCG problem, that as it developed month by month uh, I, I, I'm concerned about how the centre did not know what was happening and therefore could not provide the support needed uh, or the financial control changes that Bedfordshire needed, because Bedfordshire um, is unusual in terms of the size of its deficit compared to others so it means other people have systems that work slightly better than ours, so we need to find out uh, what happened and how we can make Make sure it doesn't happen again. Alistair, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers, Alistair Burke, Conservative MP for North East Beds. Why do they have such long titles, Paul? And <laughs> the newly appointed Minister of State for Community and Social Care at the Department of Health. £43.2 million. Pounds. Mm. Imagine if you overspent that. Mrs Scoynes would be very upset. <laughs> well, imagine you go home to Mrs Scoynes. You go, hey, I've just looked at the bank account. We've got uh, we've got £1.4 million pounds in there. Let's go nuts. You go nuts, and the next day you go, oh, blimey, actually, sorry, we were £12.7 <laughs> million pounds overdrawn. <laughs> How can you get that wrong? So, no, it's not like carrying a couple of noughts in the wrong place, is it? Unbelievable. Um, what's interesting, though, and probably should be highlighted, is that the uh, CCG yesterday told me that there was no evidence of impropriety, so there was no evidence that the accountants were trying to hide this deficit. No. It was just literally a mistake in uh, <laughs> the, the kind of accounting that they made. Um, and also that uh, they said that, that this will now obviously lead to a huge overhaul in their own processes, so hopefully it won't happen again. But, um, you know, they are going to get some extra money, they're getting £31 million. Pounds. Yeah. Um, but they couldn't give me assurances yesterday that that wouldn't just be spent on clearing that out. Yep, well, you're here. We might as well uh, get our money's worth. You are our Eurovision correspondent. Yes. Um, what, what happened last night? It was a very semi-final last night. 
Yes, there was. Oh, well done. I think it was the uh, first or second. One of them. There's I don't two. know, mate. You're the expert. I would think second because the it's second, tomorrow, the it's final, tomorrow. isn't it? Yeah, but that might mean there's one tonight. No, they'll they'd be preparing to, tonight. They'd, they'll they'll have, be preparing. To yeah, they'd have to have a day off. They'd have to have a day off. Second semi-final last night. Very exciting. Um, I understand that uh, the Estonian entry, not as exciting as some of the yeah. ones that could have been in that. Uh, can, uh, the last couple of Estonian entries been let's frank, frankly bonkers yeah. um, they've gone with a very toned down uh, version this tell time. us about the previous Estonian en- entries why were they so bonkers uh, one was I think a couple of guys dressed as spacemen yep. um, and that's about as much as I know I know that in one of the newspapers uh, Scott Mills says here it is yeah um, there are a lot of ballads, and at first I thought, where's all the high camp? But there's still some in there. I mean, he probably stole this um, view from somebody else. But <laughs> would you agree with whoever whoever first said that, uh, that it is a lot of ballads in there? Well, I can tell you from some extensive research I've done uh, by reading Pop Bitch that... Uh, the, <laughs> is that still going? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I unsubscribed years ago. No, no, it's worth it. It's worth a look once in a while, especially around Eurovision time. They are hot on it. But, I unsubscribed um, when uh, I was a story on there. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. I didn't get money for that. <laughs> it was um, a long time ago. It was a lifetime ago. The, uh, the, 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 the interesting thing, you would expect uh, happy pop songs to do well. Yeah. But actually, the majority of winners are in the minor key. Yeah. Which oh. is, uh, you know, possibly revealing about ballads. 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 JG Ballard and ballads. the Miners. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just a rumour, by the way. It's, uh, it's also... Um, been shown that if yeah. you have oh what was the I think yeah the, the minor keys and A's Gosh, you've, you've well. made um, like funny I'd have thought in the music business E's would have done particularly well. Uh, it's funny how you've managed to suck the life out of one of the most glorious celebrations of world music. You've just completely sucked it off, and it's all of the 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 life and the energy is been sucked out like a imagine there's a pipe right and that pipe is right at the e- one end of the pipe there's a big vat of energy and life mm. and at the other end there's you and you're just sucking 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 make a sucking noise for me all of that life and energy is gone from that vat and is now in in me in me yeah you. yes in you oh, yeah there we are. but then now you've expelled it so it's all gone okay into the atmos Electric Velvet, though. Electro Velvet. Yeah. That's the UK's entry. We know. Sounds a little bit like the Bird's Eye Potato Waffles theme. Have I mentioned that before? Could, uh, could you do me a favour yeah. and uh, could you please sing the Bird's Eye... Could you sing this year's British Eurovision song entry? <clears throat> Bird's Eye Potato Waffles, waffly versatile. They go with eggs, beans, chips, fish fingers, all fish fingers. Bird's Eye Potato Waffles, waffly versatile. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hoddesdon on the A10, the entry slip road northbound to the Hoddesdon roundabout has been closed because of an accident. In Stanton on Stortford Road at the High Street, there's roadworks going on so they could cause some delays, but it's not looking too bad at the moment. On the M25, though, it's starting to build up between Junction 19 for the A41 at Watford and 16 for the M40. And on the trains, London Midland have delays between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey. They're using replacement taxis, so it's taking 20 minutes longer than usual for the journey. Also, National Rail have 
called off the strike action going on across the bank holiday weekend. Now, Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. The weirdest thing has just happened. Just can you say, not the last sentence, can you say the penultimate sentence you just said to me while Sammy was doing the travel? I'm going to cook you a lasagna. Isn't that weird? You can go now. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) Stop sucking. Ooh. 7.17, it's Friday the 22nd of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The body which funds NHS services in Bedfordshire says balancing the books will not affect patient care or frontline services despite a £43 million deficit. David Cameron will begin uh, discussions with other European leaders today on his plans to reform Britain's relationship with the EU. And Kelly Betts has just brought me what I'm hoping is a delicious cup of coffee. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you've missed any of the programmes here on BBC Three Counties Radio, you've missed things like this. Did the drugs in his mouth kill him? No, it, they didn't. Okay. And, you know, Did they play a part in his death? Toxic... He had four glasses of champagne, two bottles of wine, four cocktails. What's two French? I have a feeling it was a cocktail as well. But there is a way you can hear it all again. And Renata Blower, you have just allowed the first ever nurse to be funded for Great Ormond Street who will deal specifically with children who have undiagnosed conditions. bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio. Well, the police and crime commissioner for Beb Shirley Martins joins me in the studio. Were you wrong to go ahead with this referendum? But what was the alternative? As I've said, I was not. that was not a situation that I was prepared to just sit there and do nothing about. Allowing you to listen to what you missed. BBC.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio. Ben Kingsley and Gandhi, of course. Of course, Ben Kingsley. And there was nothing wrong with that. So I think we can... Um, we can he won an Oscar for it. So... Uh, we can say, unless anyone can put forward a strong argument, that blacking up, yellowing over, whiting down, there's nothing wrong with it. Depending on the intent. Um, I'll hold that caveat for the moment. But, hold it. Uh, but I, if, 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 uh, if I was feeling better, I would, I would, dis- I would bat it out of the park. But oh. you, get, you get a free pass today. Thanks. Appreciate pass. it. You're welcome. Any Texas? Yeah. Before we get to our two a guests. A few, but some of them are referring to uh, something we can't talk about anymore. The old RH. Oh, yeah. Do I read them out anyway? Yeah, go on. I've been a bit slack with the rules this week. We'll tighten the rules next week, guys, I promise. Eric says, Dan Aykroyd colours up in trading places. Okay, I don't. I don't really remember trading places very well at all. Steve King's Stephen King's Langley says I've got a brilliant song to replace Littlest Hobo. A daily dose of Bernard Cribbins. Right, said Fred is the way to go. Oh no, too long and tedious. And uh, hello, crew. I hope you're well. I hope there's plenty of bunny in the rabbit hole. If not, I'm sure I'll hear about it soon. Now this says it's from Thomas, but I can see it's from Horace and Hemel. So okay, excellent. Thanks, thanks, guys. We'll crack on, shall we? Yeah, go on. Why? Well, yeah, fine. Oh, hang on a minute. Let me just uh, let me be smooth. We've got two guests on the line. They're going to think, "What is this rubbish we've jumped into?" Call oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. And professionalism. BBC, three counties radio. <clears throat> Twelve thousand more drivers were caught out by speed cameras uh, in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire last year. That's compared to the year before. It's been twenty-three years since the first fixed cameras were introduced. Um, and, uh, well, loads of you, we always get calls from people saying, ah, oh, it's just money-making, it's just money-making, it's not road safety, it's money-making. I don't know. 
Joined now by uh, motoring journalist Quentin Wilson and James McLaughlin from the Road Safety Charity Break. Morning, gentlemen. Morning, Ian. Quentin, we'll, Hi, start, morning. we'll start with you. Uh, what do you think about these cameras? Well, uh, all I can see is that uh, uh, overall we've got a, an increase of, of, of motoring convictions of 4.5% over the last year, but that figure has been swelled by this enormous 26% increase in speeding prosecutions. Um, and the other point that's so interesting when you compare this is that other serious, much more serious offences have gone down in their prosecutions. That's um, uh, drink driving, uh, careless driving, using a mobile phone while driving. So it, it, it's looking like the police are, uh, are treating uh, motorists as a soft target and they're not doing the really, really, really serious, dangerous drivers out there. They're, they're treating speeders as a soft target because it's easy to do and they did all this trumpeting last year about we're going to catch um, dangerous drivers, uh, middle lane hoggers and tailgaters, but we just don't see that happening because it's far, far easier to use a fixed camera than to put out police cars onto the road, and the number of police cars has uh, declined oh, up over 50% since 1997. So this isn't road safety in its purest form. It's just catching people who speed. But if it, it, it does it have an impact on um, uh, safety, though? Because if you're speeding, you're breaking the law, aren't you? So you should be punished. You're breaking the law, but let's let's be clear that it's not speed alone that kills, it's bad driving. And we're not addressing this at all. We're not addressing it in education, and we're not addressing it in enforcement. And we should, and all of us see, the most flagrant um, examples of bad driving out there, which go largely unpunished. You look at it and you think, where is the police car to, to stop this man who is weaving in between us at breakneck speeds? And he just goes off and continues it. So it's, it, the process of road safety on our roads is not working. James McLaughlin from Break, what do you say? Well, the, the positive thing about speed cameras is they are verifiable. They are um, they, they are nearly enough infallible. We, we know that they can be measured. So the, the idea that, um, that it's not catching bad driving is, is, is wrong. We, we know that reducing average speeds in, uh, in turn reduces the number of crashes that cause death and injury. And, um, and we've seen that speed cameras, where they've been introduced, have reduced average speeds. So for us, that is, that is a positive. And at the end of the day, roads policing has been disproportionately affected by police cuts. It's been cut more than other areas of policing, the specialist traffic units. So we, we know that it's not something that the police are seeing as an easy target, because actually they're more stretched in the area of traffic and road safety than they are in other but areas. speed cameras are an easy target because the police don't have to do anything, do they? Well, it's, it's using technology. It's making the use of the technology that's available to them in, uh, in the face of very, very harsh cuts. So we, we encourage the police, and we are, we are very supportive of the police in using technology to make their lives easier. Um, you know, the, the bottom line for us is, is if drivers aren't breaking the speed limit, they've got nothing to worry about. And I suppose that's, that's it, isn't it, Quentin? If you're not breaking the... I, I, I've got done by a speed camera and I was angry, but I had to shrug my shoulders and say, well, I was going too fast. But here's the thing, as James says, you know, they, they are very, very stretched. They haven't got the resources. So most of the time you will go on certainly motorways and see the vast proportion of drivers exceeding the speed limit. And it's kind of almost taken for granted. And then you 
see um, weekends like last weekend, where is this heightened speed camera activity and then all these new cameras on, on, on motorways. And it's a mixed message. We need to have a consistent message where we see many more police cars out on the road catching not just speeders, but people who are driving distinctly badly, who aren't insured, who aren't taxed, who don't have licenses. These are the ones who will cause the worst and the most horrific crashes. James, what about the people that uh, we will get loads of phone calls uh, today from people saying, oh, it's just it's just uh, to generate income. It doesn't really, you know, what, why shouldn't I be allowed to drive down the motorway 85 miles an hour at two o'clock in the morning if it's empty? Well, just to, I mean, to, to make this point, um, the police authorities and the local authorities don't get the money from speeding fines. It goes to a, uh, a central government budget. So individual police forces don't have an incentive to to catch loads of people using speed cameras because they don't get the financial reward. For them, it is about road safety. And, um, and it, 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 just to reiterate the point, it is, it is, it is a, a law that, uh, that is there for a reason. If you break the law, that there isn't any other, any other law in any other uh, area of policy where you'd, you'd, uh, you'd ask, what is my money going to? Or it's just a money-making scheme. The laws are there for a reason. And um, I think we, we have to respect that. Quentin, one of my bugbears is the middle lane hoggers. I hate them. Get out of the way, Grandad. But um, just because we, you know, th- that's not being policed and people on their mobile phones isn't being policed enough, it doesn't mean that we, we should uh, take our eye off the speeders, does it? Well, look, all I, all I know is that the government not so long ago said that they would raise the, 80, the speed limit to the, on motorways for, uh, to, to 80 miles an hour. And there is this confused message going on about policy. What are we supposed to do? And with so many people across the country having speeding convictions now, and insurance companies not really taking them seriously when it comes to insuring your, your car again, it, 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 it's a very, very sort of clumsy, it's not joined up properly, and, and consumers are rightly confused. And I just don't think the road safety message is being enacted properly. Sure, the police are ticking a box by saying, look, we've got all these speeding convictions, but all these other much more serious and much more dangerous drivers are going unpunished. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Quentin Wilson, always good to talk. And James McLaughlin from the Road Safety Charity Break. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three oh, Radio. The irony of me talking about road safety after I went into the back of a Beamer yesterday. It, it, it's its not gone unnoticed. 08459 four double five five double five. We got any texts or do I have to go to the empty, let's be honest guys, the oh. empty uh, newspapers. Uh, well, we've got a text here from um, Tony saying, Eddie in Love Thy Neighbour, he blacked up. It was very bad, cringeworthy and shocking. I don't remember Love Lane. Eddie really. was the white guy, was he? Who was, he was the race? I don't really. Was he the son-in-law? Is he Cherry Booth's dad? Uh, no, I, I've got no idea. I've got no idea. I don't really know. Hey, this is... I don't. I never understand why anybody would film themselves making love. No, you don't want to see that. I Imagine you're want, brilliant. I don't want to see it. You know, yes, I want to... Um, uh, you know, th- th- you might want to see actors and actresses portraying that. But I don't want to see me, because it's just... We all know that sex isn't like that. Um... Hubby, uh, this is a great headline, by the way. Hubby's trouble decker, rude master. A cheating husband begged a bus company to find a holdall he left on a number 17 because it contained a sex tape of him and his mistress. Tape? Is it going to be on a tape? The love rat recorded romps. Here we go. You talk about phrases only used by the media. The love rat recorded romps with his girlfriend and was carrying the video in his bag but forgot to pick it up as he reached his stop. He rang... No. He rang the lost property 
in a panic and confessed all. Why would he? You would. You'd phone up and say, um, I left a blue bag. It's got some important stuff in it. Amused staff failed to find it. I bet they did. They think it was picked up by another passenger after the husband got off the service in Scarborough. East Yorkshire Motor Services Depot manager Chris Agar said he admitted he was married and his wife was not in the movie. He's calling it a movie. Gosh, production values. But his girlfriend was. Uh, we can assume, uh, all we can assume is that someone on the bus decided to walk off with the holdall and got more than they bargained for. Should the bus company oh. be talking about this? I mean, it's confidential, isn't it? All aboard. And then the son of very naughty. Do you know who lost this? Call our hotline now. That's naughty. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hardiston on the A10, there are delays northbound because of an accident at the Hardiston roundabout. On the in Brickettwood on the North Orbital Road, that's looking slow at the M25 junction 21A roundabout. And it's also busy on the M25 anti-clockwise between junction 19 for the A41 and 16 for the M40. Further afield on the M1, there's a lane block southbound at junction 17 for the M45 to junction 16 for Daventry in the roadworks. And on the trains, London Midland have a normal service running again between Watford Junction and St. Albans Abbey after the problem with the train crews earlier on and replacement taxis. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30. I'm Simon Oxley. The body which funds NHS services in Bedfordshire says balancing the books will not affect patient care or frontline services. Despite a £43 million deficit, NHS England has provided a cash injection of £31 million for the Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group. A train company has been using taxis to transport passengers in Hertfordshire this morning because of a shortage of train crew. London Midlands say taxis were replacing trains between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey. And the former head of finance at a school in Milton Keynes has been jailed for siphoning off school funds. Police have praised other staff at Two Mile Ash School for uncovering the £120,000 fraud. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wickham Wanderers will check on the fitness of goalkeeper Matt Ingram ahead of tomorrow's League Two playoff final at Wembley against Southend. Ingram missed both semi-final matches. Chairboys boss Gareth Ainsworth says they head to Wembley under no pressure. We were never meant to be here. We were never meant to be first in the league. We were never meant to be third in the league. We were never meant to finish fourth in the league. We were never meant to be in the playoffs. We were never meant to get to the playoff final. You ask anyone, it's just brilliant to be here. And the boys are just riding this crest of the wave and, and seeing how far it's going to take them. And there's full coverage from Wembley from 2pm tomorrow with kickoff at 5.30. The new Stevenage manager Teddy Sheringham admits the club are taking a gamble in appointing him. The former England and Manchester United striker has coached at West Ham, but it's his first managerial role. I'm untried and un untested, very inexperienced, but uh, hopefully I'm a quick learner on this side of the fence as well and, and hopefully uh, I'll get going as, as quick as I can and hopefully the gamble pays off. 
Elsewhere, Watford launched their new home kit for the Premier League this afternoon and Milton Keynes Don's season ticket sales have passed the 6,000 mark ahead of the new championship season. England's cricketers will resume on 354 for seven on day two of the first test against New Zealand at Lords. Joe Root hit 98 as England recovered from 30 for four. Ahead of this weekend's Monaco Grand Prix, the Milton Keynes Red Bull boss Christian Horner says Formula One is in need of a good service despite major changes planned for 2017. I don't think it's broken. I mean, it's uh, in need of a good service, but no, I think Formula One is still a fantastic sport. It still attracts millions, hundreds of millions of viewers worldwide. All the circuits that we go to, you see the support that Formula One has. And, you know, that's not to say that we can't do things better. And in golf, Italy's Francesco Molinari leads the PGA Championship at Wentworth after a first round seven under par 65. Rory McIlroy is is six strokes behind. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. Birds eye potato waffles, waffle versatile. They go with eggs, beans, chips, fish fingers, oh fish fingers. Birds eye potato waffles, waffle versatile. You're going to be hearing a lot of that because uh, Mark made me get rid of um, the littlest hobo. Who's Mark? He was a caller. And because of the unique way the BBC is funded, if someone called Mark calls up and says, get rid of the littlest hobo, we have to. Uh, and so instead, it's, um, it's been replaced with uh, this. Birds eye potato waffles, waffle versatile. They go with eggs, beans, chips, fish fingers, oh, fish fingers. Birds eye potato waffles, waffle versatile. Adam's on the line. Morning, Adam. Morning. What you got for us, boss? Sorry? What have you got for us, boss? Uh, you were talking about the speeding um, fines and people being... I did a speed awareness course on Tuesday. I was caught speeding on the M1 Junction 11 and uh, we went to a cross in Luton at the Hilton Hotel, 25 people. Uh, I found it quite informative, but something quite interesting there was about about 11, 10, 11 people out of 25 were all caught speeding on the, the M1 on the variable speed limits. Well, they shouldn't have been speeding, should they? No, they shouldn't. No, they, they shouldn't. You're right. Hey, yeah. I drove up to I drove up to Leeds yesterday. It's uh, about three hours on the M1. Pretty much, I'm going to say, without exaggeration, 80% of the M1 between here and uh, Leeds, and the M1 goes up to junction 43. Who'd have thought it? Pretty much 80% of it is roadworks, and it's 50 miles an hour. And it's those average speed cameras. You can't cheat the average speed cameras. You've, you've got to do the average speed. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Those, so, I've done a speed awareness course. Did you really find it interesting, or are you saying that because you're worried that the man is still watching you? Well, I, I thought it was only an hour long, and then my colleague, before I went, before I left work, told me it was four hours. Yeah. So I, was expecting, I was expecting it to be really boring, and uh, I think it was about as interesting as they could make it. And, yeah, of course, it was... It was slightly boring, but it wasn't patronising. It was it was quite informative. Were you not sat there when I did mine? I was sat there at the back making. Um, uh, I was like I became fifteen again, and I was making rude <laughs> comments about the guy taking it to the women beside me. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was quite good natured. Everyone was, okay. was quite good humoured. So but right, I think I most of the, the speeding fines that are being brought on the M1 variable limit. That's why they. It's been increased this year. Adam, thank you very much. The M1, I, I, who knew 
knew it went up to Junction 43. It goes quite far, yeah. It goes up for miles. And um, it honestly, about 80% of its road works, yeah, why, why? 50 miles an hour average speed. Why didn't they have a word with each other and say, you go first, then we'll do the road works, because this is going to get really boring and annoying it for was, people. Uh, it was outrageous. Uh, and but, but then, you know, thank God it was only 50 miles an hour, because otherwise I'd have gone into the back of a guy even faster. Was that in a 50? It was in a 50, yeah. Aye. I think I've done my back in. I, I keep trying to click my back and it won't click. And I'm, but I don't want to be one. I'm not setting myself up for a, a compo. But how much do you reckon I could get for that? Don't know. It was your fault, wasn't it? Well, yeah, but you still get the compo for the injury. But really? The, yeah. Oh yes. There's no hard cheese factor. There's no hard cheese factor. Well, they're going to pay for my car to be fixed. I hope. Yeah. My number plate's swinging. Your badge fell out. Your badge fell out. I picked up the badge, thinking I'll put that back in. I can't put it back in. The whole front crumpled. Can't open the passenger door. Oh dear. Can't open the passenger door. I mean, number plate swinging. So I should get a couple of grand for me back, shouldn't I? <laughs> shouldn't I? I could, could treat myself with that to some intensive back therapy. No, I'm not. I don't think I'm going to make one of those claims. But oh, I'm not not going to make one of those. Give claims. Give it a couple but, of days, see if it gets any better. No, even do you know what? Even if it was a bit dull, I still wouldn't make a claim on it. Why would you want to do a claim on that? I, I, all right, I'll, I'll just go for a swim or something. I'll have a. A good stretch. It's very noble of you. I'm a noble a kind of guy. A lot of people would be thinking quids in. Well, I'm a noble kind of guy. There was someone on the radio... Uh, um, oh, it was Richard Herring. was on Radio 4 I was listening to. And uh, he was talking about how his dad was, um, was a head teacher, but was a really upright man. And uh, how years and years ago, they made a, a, an insurance claim for loads of stuff that had, gone, that had been nicked, including some cufflinks. And then six months later, he found the cufflinks. And so he went back to the insurance company and said, oh, I found them now. I'd like to give you back the money for this. And the insurance company were furious with him. Really? Yeah, because it, it was really difficult to, to then open a case again. And well, Imagine being that honest. Yeah. Imagine being that honest. Hey, if you're feeling lonely, ladies, dun, 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 then um, you're not a... Well, I was going to say you're not alone, but that would be a, 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 an oxymoron. Then you are, but there is something that can be done. Well, there is, there is something that you can, um, you can do. And this never gets addressed... Rising numbers of British... Oh, wait, 459 455 555, by the way. Rising... Bernie Eccleston. <laughs> I don't want to do Bernie Eccleston. No, look how tiny Bernie Eccleston is. And look at his beautiful young wife. Why would she be interested in that tiny, ugly, old billionaire? He must have a massive personality. He's Back a balance. billionaire. How tall is he? Um... He's, he's, he's tiny. I'm going to say five foot one. I've met him. It's mm, massive. Uh, <laughs> rising. I mean, look at that. It look, uh, uh, it's with his ex-wife. I'm sure he had a different wife when I met him. Anyway, don't matter. That's, that's irrelevant to this story. Uh, he's done well, let's just say. He's done well for himself. Again, it's motor racing. How can someone involved in motor racing, she's beautiful, isn't she, be worth, um, you know, billions of pounds? Uh, 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 when did it, uh, I, I'm sure that's not the wife I met. It's five foot three. Anyway, that's irrelevant to this. Rising numbers of British women are paying for male escorts. Because they're... And all, all the blokes go, whoa. You talk, you talk about women in prostitution. Oh, isn't that sad? Blo male escorts. Whoa, yeah, I'll have some of that. They're just, like, strippers, aren't they? Yeah, they still have to do it. I know they do, but, I mean, if you like that. 
What, if you like, if you're a bloke and you like doing it. No, I mean if you like that sort of look as a woman that you go for an escort rather. Than I bet there are bloke. normal escorts, male escorts as well. I bet there are like ropey blokes. What they just look like pub blokes. They look like um, curly watts. I bet there's like <laughs> curly watts. There'll be a fetish for that. Or you didn't You got anybody? Yeah, well, madam, we have uh, blonde. Or we have got anyone who looks like curly watts. <laughs> I really fancy having it away with curly watts. When he knocks on the door, tell him he's got to be called curly. <laughs> Rising numbers of British women are paying for male escorts because they're too busy for conventional relationships, researchers are claiming. Mm. Uh, isn't it, it... It's funny how it's, it's... it's. If this wasn't the other way round, this would be treated slightly differently. I think a high proportion appear to be busy career women in their 30s and 40s looking for a bl- brief fling. Oh, here we go, look. And some even claim they want more than just time in the bedroom and are prepared to pay for companionship too. I don't, I but mean... Then they're not too busy, are they, if they want that? It's just they're lonely. It's different. It's different for, for, uh, for um, men and women working in the sex industry, isn't it? I think so. Because if you're a gentleman working in the sex industry... Um, you've got to you've got to be at least vaguely attracted mm-hmm. to the woman for um, you know for um, well or you have resources. Oh yeah, you can take a Viagra, I suppose, don't you? Or one of those. <laughs> no, they counted. Who did this study? I don't know. Oh, Lancaster University. They counted advertisement pro- profiles by escorts of all sexes and found that those from men rose by 10,000 in the last five years. Um, escorts who took part in the study claimed that many of their female clientele did not have the time for a relationship and some women were thought to have paid for sexual services even though they were in a relationship so they could add excitement to their love life. It's funny though, isn't it? As you're saying, there is a definite double standard, right? When we talk yeah. about fe- females in the sex industry, there's always an air of, oh, poor girl. Prostitute was murdered today. She's pretty. That's what they'll say, wasn't it? Prostitute Rather was than murdered a woman. today. Yeah. yeah, so there's a sort of dehumanisation. When it's blokes, I mean, there's no suggestion there that these guys are victims, is there? And it's, a, I mean, and the human mind works differently. You don't get blokes standing on street corners, necessarily. You, mm, you do in some do. parts of the world, but yeah. that's generally for, um, uh, for rent boys. But. You don't get um, blokes standing there and women pulling up in their Mercedes. You working tonight, love? Why, yes, I am. What would you like? How much? Tom's on the line. Morning, Tom. Morning, Ian. What's your beef, fella? You got beef. What's your beef? Yeah, you're giving a frozen food company free advertising by singing a song instead of uh, having the oh. Maybe Tomorrow Hobo song. Which which uh, which song, sorry? The, uh, the Potato Waffle song. The what? The potato waffle song. Well, you've just given free advertising to them twice. No, I, I just said potato waffle. Well, I didn't name the frozen food company. But you've given advertising to that potato-based product. Yep, it's a worldwide product that we grow in the ground. We don't grow waffles in the ground. No, potatoes. Do they grow in the ground? Yeah. So, hang on a second, Tom. Let's get let's dig deep, right? Let's find out. Is your beef because um, the birds I murdered your father? They didn't. Or is it because you um, uh, want to have a waffle now? Or I could be related to a member of the Findus family. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, is your last name Findus? It could be. Does your wife look like a crispy pancake? No, she looks like a fish finger. (laughs) Sing the song, Tom. Let it out. Let Let it out. Sing it. Sing it. 
No, the best I can do is let it go, let it go. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Birds eye potato waffles, waffle versatile. They go with eggs, beans, chips, fish fingers, oh, fish fingers. Birds eye potato waffles, waffle versatile. How can, how can anyone, how can anyone have beef with that? Although I bet they go nice with a bit of beef, actually. I bet they would they would go spankingly well with a bit of beef. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Uh, let's have some texts then. Okay, my father, not mine. This bit is uh, someone who's. Uh, oh, not giving us a name. My father was a policeman. He said police had to hit a certain amount of speeders a week, and sometimes would set the guns up and con people to target. Really? Also, what are those new cameras on the way to Dunstable? Oh no. Variable speed, I'm guessing. Uh, James in Wolverton, can't believe the littlest hobo is gone. It's Love gone. that. It's gone. But how about using the theme tune from Fireball XL5? It's my, like James um, doesn't like the waffle thing. My mum's um, uncle arranged that song or produced oh. that song or had something to do with that song. I never quite worked out what it was he did or where he was. I think it may have been a bit of a. I don't know. I don't want to say my mum's a liar, but let's just say, you know. She, she, so, are you going to play? She it? told me my middle name was Gaylord for three years, so. Sorry? Yeah, but she was right. Well she, well, she wasn't right. She told me my middle name. I said, Mum, what's my middle name? She said, Gaylord. <laughs> right, I remember it was on, we were in a caravan and I got really upset. I was five. I got really, really upset. I don't know why I got upset. And then, like, three years later, my nan took me to... It was kind of a rite of passage in our family that when we got to about eight, our nan would take us to Paris, on the, to France, Boulogne, on the hovercraft. And we got to uh, customs and my nan said, Ian, what's your middle name? And I went, Gaylord. And everybody... <gasps> Everybody fell about laughing. So my mum humiliated me twice. And she'd set a joke and she'd forgot to reset that joke by saying, oh, it was only a joke. So for three years, I thought my middle name was Gaylord. Well, that's, uh, that's saved me 50 quid in therapy, isn't it? Travel news for beds, hards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hoddesdon on the A10, the entry slip road northbound at the Hoddesdon roundabout is closed because of an accident. It's also causing delays eastbound in Haley on the A10 between the Harlow's turn-off and Stansted Road at the Arm and Well roundabouts. On the M25, it's busy anti-clockwise from junction 19 for Watford to 16 for the M40. And on the train departure board, there are no major delays at the moment. But on the London Underground, the Bakerloo line has severe delays between Harrow and Wilston and Queen's Park. And minor delays on the rest of the line, that's because of a signal failure. Samantha Brown. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. We'll do the 6.15. I'm not going to... Uh, we'll do the 6... We'll do those ones. There we go. 7.46. It's uh, Friday the 22nd of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The body which funds NHS services in uh, Bedfordshire says balancing the books will not affect patient care or frontline services despite a £43 million deficit. David Cameron will begin discussions with other European leaders today on his plans to reform Britain's relationship with the EU. And the former head of finance at a school in Milton Keynes has been jailed for siphoning off £120,000 of school funds. Let's get the weather. Here's Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. Not a completely dry day today. We may just catch one or two showers around. In fact, there are some uh, towards eastern areas of... Um, sorry, western areas of Buckinghamshire, actually, at the moment. Um, so we might just uh, see a few spits and spots of rain there at times this morning. But most of the showers, I think, will pop up through this afternoon. But many places, you know, staying dry for the rest of the day. But it is a cloudier day than we saw yesterday. Some spells of brightness as the cloud tends to thin... 
and the um, and the air is nice and warm as well. So where we do see a bit of brightness and even perhaps a little bit of sunshine here and there through the day, then um, then it will feel nice and warm with top temperatures up to 18 or 19 degrees, 66 in Fahrenheit, just a light southwesterly breeze. Now, as we head into this evening, again, watch out for a couple of showers here and there. Overnight tonight, though, mostly dry. We'll see thickening cloud, overnight lows of 11 or 12 degrees, so a mild night to come. And then into tomorrow, some cloud around through the morning, but then lots of sunshine developing. It's going to be probably the nicest day of the bank holiday weekend tomorrow. Temperatures up to around 17 or 18 degrees, probably very pleasant in the sunshine. On Sunday, um, we'll see a nice bright start, but gradually the cloud will thicken. We'll get some outbreaks of rain as we head into the afternoon and then some sunshine again to end the day, but much cooler behind that weather front on Sunday. So Monday, bank holiday Monday is looking a bit cooler, highs of around 15 degrees. There'll be some sunny spells at times, quite a bit of cloud and again the risk, just a risk of one or two showers at times. That's the forecast. Thank you very much. Every weekday morning. Coming up at nine on the big phone in this morning. Is it a good idea to make jobless teenagers work for their benefits? How would you like this country to stand up to President Putin? Are you surprised to see British people being blatantly racist? The JVS Show. I think we've got to get over this issue about racism doesn't exist. It, it has existed. It will probably carry on existing. What I wanted to say is they've got this completely the wrong way around. You know, that, that, that is also true. That is also true. You will always get some, but they are such... A minority. Oh, the man's a buffoon. Get him up, get him out of bed, give him a sense of purpose. The JVS Show. Do you think we have got to, as a country, start taking this issue more seriously? Every weekday morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, Luton Borough Council has uh, announced a crackdown on people riding off-road bikes like idiots. But don't get too excited. This is what the crackdown consists of, according to Councillor Raja Saleem, who's responsible for community safety. It says, quote, Please think carefully and consider your personal responsibilities if you're thinking about using an off-road motorbike. Apart from making other people's lives a noisy misery, if you break the law, your motorcycle could be seized and destroyed. Well, Steve Farmer is the Environmental Protection Officer at Luton Borough Council. Morning, Steve. Good morning, uh, Tell us about this crackdown. Well, if I could, if you uh, bear with me for two minutes, and I'll, I'll give you a history of my involvement. Okay. This. I, I'm employed by the council to deal with noise nuisance. I received a complaint from local residents quite recently uh, regarding noise from off-road motorbikes. So in order to get an idea what, what was being complained of, I visited one of the residents on a Sunday afternoon and I sat in their garden. And I could hear this buzzing and whirring of motorbikes and mm. quad bikes and it really was um, very intrusive. Um, the residents told me that the land that was being used was private land. And as such, um, the police couldn't take any action because the owners had given permission for this activity to be undertaken. Right. Now, my hands are tied because I can only deal with noise from premises, mm. factories, houses, nightclubs, that sort of thing. So I thought, well, there's more than one way of skinning a cat. I decided to try and contact all of the owners of the land. Mm. Now, it's a massive, massive um, plot of land um, that's owned by 10 different people, little plots of land. I contacted all of them. Yeah. Without exception, they've told me that they haven't given permission uh, for this activity. Yeah. Um, now, I thought, well, this then enables me to collect further evidence, which I can present to the police, mm -hmm. um, in the hope that the police can then take action um, under legislation that's available to them to, to control and stop this. Um, 
What I've decided to do, with the owner's permission, is to put some posters, I've put one in here, that, that I've fixed um, close to the land so that yep. the people that attend at weekend can see that um, this Crack down on nuisance motorbikes. Your bike, uh, if you break the law, you, your motorbike could be seized and destroyed. How Indeed. effective has that been so far? On this land? Yeah. Well, we haven't started yet. Ah, so how long is it... So uh, where, why, why do you need the posters? Why can't you just send the police in? Well, it seems to, it would imply that this is a long way around solving a problem. I, I don't think so. I've only been involved for about six weeks, and I think we're almost at the stage where I can right. suggest to the police yeah. that... Well, the police are already aware now that this land, this private land that's being used, is yeah. being used in an un unauthorised fashion. Yeah. It then opens... As far as I'm concerned, it, I would hope that it opens the doors for the police to actually go Why on. Why do you need the posters? Because they're not going to read, they're not going to follow the posters, Absolutely, are they? Absolutely, they're not, no. And it's against the law anyway, so why, why, are you, why are the posters? Well, as I understand it, now I don't work for Bedfordshire Police, but as I understand it, the, the people that are using this land need to be warned... Okay. ..in advance yep. that what they're doing is unauthorised and... Be told to disperse. Mm -hmm. Once the police have issued that warning, they're, they, they're then able to take further action, as they did recently in Houghton Regis, where they, they did seize a couple of off-road motorbikes. Uh, the, the problem in Houghton, Houghton Regis has been going on for years and yeah. hasn't got any better since the police seizure. What makes you think that you'll be able to sort it out? I've got no preconceptions of, of what I can do. I, I can only work within the, the law and with the tools that are available, available to me. And I'm hoping that once um, these... I, I would suspect that some of the people that are attending, when, when they're aw made aware that to continue may... Steve, they're not going to... Come on, these, these idiots I'm an are optimist. Right. I know you are, and I'm a pessimist. That glass hasn't even got any water in it at all. They're, they're riding around illegally on land they shouldn't be on. They're not going to read a sign, are they? And also, of the course problem, they're not. No, they're not. But the problem that the police have had with in Houghton Regis is that they can't catch them. And the police say, well, you know, we're, we're not going to go and chase them because we're not allowed to, and we can't catch them. They can't catch them. But they're on private land yep. that has... An entrance and an access. Yeah. So, if you like, they're a captive audience. That they're yeah. not on the highway where they can disappear. Yeah. And I would hope that, with some goodwill from Beds Police, that we are able to make an example of some of these people, and the rest will perhaps consider. I don't want to lose my my. Motive you are an optimist. I think you're putting too much truck into the police because they they oh. struggle with they've struggled with Houghton Regis. They've not the problem in Houghton Regis has been there for years. I know about it. Cause we, we'll we'll get people phoning up up today about it. Uh, it's been there for years, and they've 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 crushed maybe a couple of bikes, but the, the, they don't do anything. The police will sit there as the bikes are going past them. They say, well, we're not allowed to chase them. Obviously, I can't comment um, because I, I don't work for Beds Police, and I wouldn't want to be putting uh, words into their mouths. Um, but th this is the, the these are the tools that are available to mm. me. I am confident that we can affect an improvement for the local. I hope business. you can, and I'm just questioning this because I hope that you can, because I know how annoying this is, and I hope that you sort it out. And it's great that you're doing stuff. How long do you reckon it will take for this to have an impact? That I, I don't know. Uh, but can I come back? 
Um, yeah. Are you so, offering to so come back? I'd like to, yes. Catherine, we've got one that's offering to come back. This is unprecedented. You've, made, is you've unpre- made me a lovely cup of tea and I'll come back for that. Well, Steve, give us... Get how, OK, yes, you're more than welcome to come back and I hope you come back and go, they've, they've all gone. Great success. Or, the, the, you know, the majority or, or, have gone. We've made an improvement. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and confident. this is brilliant. How, how long do you want? Give me a month. Yeah. Give me a month. Okay, brilliant. And we'll come back and chat, and I'll tell you what we've done in, in the next month. Okay, and and you're you're hoping that the res. I wish everyone was as optimistic as you. You're hoping that the residents will have noticed a difference in a month. I would hope so. I would really hope so. I hope so too. I hope. Prove me wrong. Come back in four weeks and prove me wrong. I look forward to another cup of tea. That's Kelly Betts. Kelly, I don't know what you're doing. You're charming, I guess. Steve, listen, I wish you the very best of luck. Thank you very much. um, Let's keep our fingers crossed that this works, shall we? I appreciate your time. Thank Thank you. you. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. That's unprecedented, Catherine. I don't know what to say. No, I know. Again, well, you know, every now and then... Thank you, Steve. Every now and then, we uh, we get a, a councillor or an MP or someone who works for the council that uh, blows my mind mm-hmm. by saying something unexpected and putting their hands up and taking responsibility. To have, And I was about to say, all right then, Steve, you think you're the big man, why don't you come back in a month or so and we'll see. He offered. Well done. I think his heart's in the right place. I hope I'm being cynical. I hope I'm being cynical because I've done this for three years and I'm tired and my back hurts. And I really hope that, that you know, that, it, it, that, 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 that they make a difference because we know exactly how annoying and irritating this is. But also, 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 that's the attitude. Yeah. So often we've spoken to councillors and MPs, and you have as well, primarily councillors actually, that don't give us stuff, that shrug it off so, well, there's nothing we can do. Well, there's no, yeah. He's, he knows it's going to be tough, he's, but he's rolling up his sleeves, he's going to have a go. I would make a suggestion to the press office, if I might be so bold. Get Steve but, to work for you. Yeah, but, <laughs> well, rather than, rather than quoting that uh, councillor who was yeah. never going to come on, yeah. get, see, Steve knows what he's talking about and he's willing to be accountable. That right. is refreshing. Ladies and gentlemen, that gentleman's name is Mr Steve Farmer, the Environmental Protection Officer at Luton Borough Council. Um, more like that, please. And boy, oh boy, Kelly, you'll have noticed this. Didn't he smell nice? Yes, he did. He Didn't he? Yeah. yeah, honestly, it, it, you go, guests, you go a long way if you come in and you smell nice. David Lloyd, the uh, Hertfordshire PCC. Oh, my gosh, I want to bottle the scent of Lloyd. I want Lloyd to, to spray all over me. It's just... Oh, it makes you feel glad to have a nose when David comes into <laughs> the building. <laughs> Have, thank you, Steve. That's brilliant. We'll speak to you in a month. It's in the diary. Uh, have we got any texts? Yeah, loads. Let's have let's have three. Well, we're talking about blacking up and whether it's ever okay, yeah. right? For a day, is it okay to black up for a laugh? I had to black up at a school Christmas play back in the 1970s, says Johnny in Bedford. When I was about nine years old, I was playing Black Peter, the sidekick of St Nicholas. Oh. You wouldn't get away with that nowadays. Well, yes, well. Uh, maybe then- you would. You would. You would in my world. <laughs> Darren in Luton says that the cameras that someone was asking about earlier on in, in Dunstable, the cameras on Pointers Road are average speed cameras voted for by the residents. Oh. So don't moan about them because that's what they wanted. Moan about the residents. Uh, can we start a petition to bring back the hobo, says Gary yeah. in Leighton Buzzard. What, Justin? He'll be on after eight. Um, oh, you mean the, the littlest hobo, the song? Sorry, I apologise. I thought you meant my colleague. <laughs> Just because he's got no sock. Yeah. Kath from Hertfordshire says, uh, Gussie, the littlest hobo's gone. No, How about my... replacing it with a theme tune from the raccoons? We don't need to replace it with any... We're not replacing it with anything apart from this. Birds eye potato waffles, waffling versatile, they go with eggs, beans, chips, fish fingers, oh, fish fingers. Birds eye potato waffles, waffling versatile. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hardiston on the A10, the entry slip road is closed northbound at the Hardiston roundabout. And in Hayley, the A10 eastbound has extra queues between where and the Harlow turnoff and the Stansted Road at the Amwell roundabout. On the A414 on Park Street, that's looking really slow at the Park Street roundabout. And looking at the motorways, no delays showing up on the M1 or the A1M, but it's slow on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. No reports of any delays on the train departure boards, but on the London Underground, the Bakerloo line has severe delays between Harrow and Wilston and Queen's Park. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. The, the littlest hobo has gone. It's gone. It ain't coming back. It's not. Instead, it's Paul Scoyne singing this year's Eurovision entry. That's what we've got. Deal with it, suckers. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, healthcare pledge in Bedfordshire, Cameron meeting EU leaders and finance head jailed after fraud at Milton Keynes School. BBC Three Counties Radio. The body which runs NHS services in Bedfordshire says balancing the books will not affect patient care or frontline services despite a £43 million deficit. NHS England has provided a cash injection of £31 million for the Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group. Alistair Burt, the Conservative MP for North East Beds is also the newly appointed Minister of State for Community and Social Care at the Department of Health. This is not going to be recouped by, as it were, next year, finding that we can't spend £43 million we were otherwise going to spend. Now, it's got to be corrected over time. There is £30 million more coming to Bedfordshire CCG as a result of a recognition of growth in our population, etc. Uh, and that will go some way towards uh, easing the deficit. But it is very important that listeners appreciate there is not suddenly going to be a £43 million hole in patient care in Bedfordshire. David Cameron will begin discussions with other European leaders today on his plans to reform Britain's relationship with the EU. At a summit in Latvia, he'll outline changes he wants to see, including restrictions on benefits for migrants, before he holds an in-out referendum on Britain's membership. Police in Hertfordshire are searching for an 83-year-old dementia sufferer who has gone missing. James Lomax was last seen near his home in Manor Road in Wheat Hampstead at 4.50 yesterday afternoon. A train company was forced to use taxis to transport passengers in Hertfordshire this morning because of a shortage of train crew. Taxis replaced trains between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey on the Abbey Flyer service, but London Midlands say a normal service has now resumed. The former head of finance at a school in Milton Keynes has been jailed for siphoning off school funds. Police have praised other staff at Two Mile Ash School for uncovering the fraud. Catherine Nethersole transferred money and wrote cheques to herself, amounting to £120,000. More from Jane Killick. Detective Constable Paddy Navin, who investigated the crime, says the amount of money stolen from Two Mile Ash School means major school projects have had to be shelved or postponed. Catherine Nethersole took the money between March 2011 and May 2014. The 37-year-old from Biddenham near Bedford admitted six counts of fraud by abuse of position. She's been sentenced to two years and two months in prison. An earthquake with a magnitude of 4.2 has been recorded in Kent. The epicentre was near Sandwich. Tremors were also felt in Essex. People in the area said the earthquake made their car alarms go off and their windows shake. No injuries have been reported. Bedfordshire-based 
Whitbread, which owns Premier Inn and Costa Coffee, has named Alison Britton as its new chief executive. The 50-year-old from Lloyd's Banking Group succeeds Andy Harrison. In sport, Wickham Wanderers will check on the fitness of goalkeeper Matt Ingram ahead of tomorrow's League Two playoff final at Wembley against Southend. Ingram missed both semi-final matches and England's cricketers will resume later on 354 for seven on day two of the first test against New Zealand at Lords. The weather dry and sunny this morning, some showers possible this afternoon, a maximum temperature 19 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. Gosh, and suddenly it's three minutes past eight. How did that happen? Deary me. Busy, busy morning. I mean, it's a weird one as well, if I'm honest. Lots to talk about. If you want to give us a call, you're more than welcome to. 08... 459 455 555. You can text as well, 81333. Start your text 3CR if you want to send an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. You'd imagine it'd be quite tricky to lose 14 million quid, but that's exactly what the body, which holds the purse strings for the NHS in Bedfordshire, did. It thought it had £1.4 million in the bank. It was actually minus 12.7. The CCG, the Clinical Commissioning Group, now has a deficit of £43.2 million, one of the highest in the country. Well, Nick Robinson is the accountable officer from Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group, basically the chief exec, acting chief executive at the moment. Uh, Nick, this is a bit embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah, good morning, Ian. Um, it was it was a difficult um, meeting yesterday where we announced the, the the scale of the deficit, and and you know it's the board, the governing body expressed its you know regret that that we we'd got into that position. But I think the important thing um, for your listeners and for the public of Bedfordshire is is to get reassurance that we're now much more understand what was driving that because it is really unusual in NHS terms. And what we did yesterday was reported that there were there were three main areas where we think this has gone wrong and gives us the opportunity to fix them. The first one was that our assumptions and our forecasts of how much care we needed to buy for our patients um, appears to have been understated in the previous year. Mm. So our activity levels are running over budget. I'll come back to that one in a second if I can. The second one was that working with our GPs as a clinically-led new organisation they had lots of ideas about how you could make more savings <coughs> excuse me and reorganize mm. um, services as an example so that patients could get more care lo- closer to home rather than go in and us have to pay for expensive hospital treatments um, that's what ccgs do across the country and our gps are really enthusiastic about doing that but frankly, we didn't organise the support to make those schemes happen at the pace we should have done. Right. So it was savings we, sh- we could and should have made that would made services better um, that we need to learn from and, and work out how that goes, how, how that can be done better in the future. But And the, the most difficult one for the governing body yesterday was also to reflect that the third aspect of that were, were if you like, systemic weaknesses in governance, control... Forty-three million pounds deficit. I, I mean, that's yeah. It's just a, it's a, an incomprehensible figure. 
indeed. It is really extraordinary, isn't it? And why why did no one at any point go, guys, maybe we should just put the brakes on this a bit, we are getting into trouble? Was no one keeping an eye on the figures? They were, and and one of the things that was reported yesterday, and and we've, we've, we've... been really clear about is it wasn't until later in the year that the, the governing body knew that that was happening and one of the biggest failures that happened last year was in the information systems that were providing the governing body and the, the doctors and, and all of the other people involved the right information at timely enough to, to get that uh, to take the right calls. I mean, it's important to say all of that money did go on genuine mm. health care, but, but if the governing body had known, based on better information, that it didn't have as much to spend as it thought it did, it would have taken oh, some Oh, and there's no accusation calls. here that people have been squirrelling away, this away or there's anything dodgy That's, going on. It's just bad management, isn't it? Indeed. Was there... What, uh, the implication is there wasn't one person in charge. There wasn't one person who was overlooking all of this. Is that the case? Uh, the governing body is, is the body charged with doing that, and and it was based on the information it had got. It was it was making you know realistic challenges and discussions, but but it it was flawed, and you know we've got to be able to put we've got to recognise that, and you know it is difficult. It Who's is. to blame? Uh, I don't think there is any any range of individuals to blame. I think it's. Oh systemic. come on, Nick, Nick, Nick! I know you've not been in the job long, so I know yeah. I'm not in any way accusing you, this of being your fault. And, I'm not and, taking it that way. No, uh, well done for kind of <laughs> stepping into this mess. But there must there, there will be people. You can't have a deficit of £43 million without realising, what, 10, 20, 30 million pounds that things are going wrong. There must be a person or a group of people mm-hmm. who knew exactly what was going on. Because if there isn't, then that's... Well, that's just a kind of financial anarchy, isn't it? Um, there, were, there have been real systems failures in, and the information systems that the, the people in charge were looking at were flawed. Mm. Uh, NHS England, who are you know the, the part of the NHS that's our system regulators, stepped in um, a, a few months ago, and um, the senior uh, many of the senior people have resigned through through that process. We've put in a new team, and yesterday, and I think it's important that that your listeners understand this, we were put under what were called legal directions, but it's effectively a special measures regime where we get extra help, extra scrutiny. The grown-ups and, have come in. To, uh, indeed. The people that resigned, did they resign because of this? I, I don't know. I, 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 okay. I couldn't comment. Did they get a nice that. little payout? No. They, okay. they resigned with their normal salary. Who, um, uh, th- th- at one point... I mean, this is it's not funny, but it's its so ridiculous. At one point, that the CCG thought that it had £1.4 million in the bank Yeah. when it was actually overdrawn by 12.7. How? Um... Indeed, how uh, it's it, it, it would be too too easy to say that it's complicated. But those our our funding and our most of our expenditure is on um, payments to other health service facilities mm. based on activity numbers of numbers of patients treated. And given that our systems were flawed. Um, the, but the flawed point to flawed. This no, is my but, money. This is my money. Fourteen million quid. You were out by. But this is this is an important issue. So at that year end position, we yep. we didn't have sufficient activity information to make the right cut off. I don't know what activity information means. It's okay. So when when um, your GP refers you to a hospital for yeah. treatment, um, you get high quality treatment, and we get a. a 
an invoice for that patient's treatment. So it's those levels of numbers of patients treated that right. I'm referring to. Given that our systems for that were flawed, there were delays in the timeliness of that when we came to close last year's accounts. The, the issue of the, the 12 million or 14 million was a timing one. Actually, the, the, the true figure, the, the really important figure is the 43 million deficit which which we well the well the 14 with. million is still quite important and i'm not i'm not going to let you get away with it completely because that is my money and I, w with my bank account i know kind of what i'm expected to earn i know when i'm going to have a bit of a fallow period and i have a little bit in reserve mm -hmm. okay so i kind of generally i know when i'm going to pay a big tax bill or, or, or what i need to pay i may be out a few quid 14 million pounds of money that isn't yours that's my money 14 million quid there'll be people listening going well how that somebody and i know this is this wasn't your responsibility but you are in this job now mm -hmm. somebody is responsible for that mix-up somebody is responsible for the 43 million pounds and it sounds like again whenever these things happen whether it's in, in health or education or whatever aspects of our life People are going to get away with it. People messed up spectacularly, and they're going to get away with it. Does that seem fair? I don't. I don't think it is fair, and I don't think. I don't think that's that's what's happening. I think we are. Well, then who's going to be punished for for the forty three million pounds deficit? Who's going to be punished for for being fourteen million pounds out as to how much money they had? I think we need to go through and understand, as we are doing, under legal directions from NHS England, the lessons we can learn from this, and if there are any issues like that. What I've been asked to do is come in and stabilise mm. the ship, if you like, put those, understand what went wrong, put those things in place so that it can't happen again, and and really importantly, as we're doing that, learn the lessons so we can reassure that it doesn't happen anywhere else. Do you welcome Alistair Burt's investigation into this? Absolutely. Yeah. How can you... Uh, uh, th there will be people worried that this will affect um, when they go to the doctors or when they go to sure. the hospital. How can you reassure them that this will have no... Because you've got to save a lot of money now. That, that this will not impact their, their, their point of contact care. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we, we tried our best at the governing body yesterday to e explain that um, we are not planning on... Through the, the special measures regime we've been put in, we've been asked to to pay this back, to identify we can pay this back over a number of years. So that's How many years? Uh, three years is what's in there. You have to pay this back over three years. We, we've got to come up with a plan that, that shows how we can get back into to financial stability right. and, and a pace of recovery right. in, in the next three years. Okay. That's work we're doing at the moment. We have been given, and the, the good news in the system is that we have been given an extra £31 million this year. Right. And the first thing we've done to that is we've agreed contracts with our hospitals for all of that extra activity that I mentioned earlier was causing us one of the problems last mm. year. Um, so, you know, uh, people going to A&E, people going to have their operations that are in train, there's going to be no impact on that. Where we are going to focus our attention is, if you remember, I said that the other aspect of the problem last year was delays in implementing changes to services that will not only improve service but save money yeah that's where we're going to focus our attention and we're not just doing that you know based on our local um gps involvement um, although that that will be um you know still highly welcomed mm. but we're going to be taking advice from the rest of the nhs and actually looking at what best practice is there so we can uh, 
we can not be in a position of reinventing the wheel. So we're, we're the thirty-one million pounds that you're, as we can. The thirty-one million pounds is that going to go towards paying off some of the deficit? It's going towards. First off, it's going towards paying for that extra care right. that we said we needed last year. It's all in the same pot, but but out of the end of that, we still got a requirement to save. Um, okay. So save so, is, so is, is, is any of this? Go, sorry, uh, <coughs> if, I, if I'm I'm being a bit dumb, is any of that thirty-one million pounds going towards paying off the forty-three million pounds deficit? No, that's going. On, it's all going in healthcare. All going in healthcare. Um, and our our way of paying off the forty-three million is going to be new initiatives to save money. For example, so you've just mentioned one. Give us another example. Um, there, there are many about about. Go on, how, give us one. Um, treating people with diabetes in a local GP group of practices rather than going to see a hospital specialist. How much will that save? Uh, we're still working that through. Okay, because that's not. I mean, well, I, d- d- are you confident that you can get back this forty-three million pounds in a reasonable period of time? Yes, and in a reasonably balanced way that doesn't have us go, take, making major reductions in service. I appreciate you coming in, Nick, and I know that this, uh, you know, again, I want to say this isn't your fault. My, my worry is, mm-hmm. you sound like a reasonable gentleman, and you've come in Thank and you've you. got it. You no, know, you do, and you've been very honest, and that you'll, 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 you'll do your very best to sort this out. I've just, I, I've seen this happen in so many other departments that you'll be gone in two years, and somebody else will come in and say, well, no, hang on, this isn't my fault. Now, what I intend to do to clear up the mess... Do you know what I mean? We, it, it feels like this is kind of a, this, this thing happens in so many aspects Ian, of I, life. I, I understand that, and, and I, you know, I, I can't say about, about my position um, f- for that long term, but that is why the legal directions, the special measures from NHS England are so important here, mm. that they're going to provide the oversight okay. and um, continuity, and they're also going to help do the lessons learned exercise that we can give assurance to the wider public across the country that that you know okay. if there are issues that happened here during last year all of the other ccgs can learn the lessons good luck thank you very much. <laughs> good luck thank you very much indeed oh eight four five nine four double five five double five travel news for beds cards and bugs bbc three counties radio it's slow on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. On the A1M, that's busy northbound at Junction 6 for Wellin. And in Chesant, the A10 is looking slow southbound from the New River Trading Estate towards the M25. In Haley on the A10, there are queues eastbound between the Harlow Turnoff and Stansted Road at the Anwell Roundabout. And in Little Haddam on the A120 Bishop at Stortford Road, that's looking really busy across the Ash River Bridge. Traffic's having to take it in turns between Bishop's Stortford and the A10. In Luton it's looking slow on Vauxhallway on the speed sensors just after Hitchin Road. No reports of any problems though on the trains at the moment. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Eight seventeen. So sorry. The private conversations that you and I have off air, it would, it would make you weep, honestly. Some of the things that get said one day, when we're years away from the BBC and it's, we're in a retirement home together, hmm. uh, you and I should write a book about... Uh, that, all... that, that story I just told you is definitely going to be a chapter in <laughs> I think that's a film you've just said there. 8.18, it's Friday the 22nd of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The body which funds NHS services in Bedfordshire says balancing the books will not affect patient care or frontline services despite a £43 million deficit. 
An undetonated German bomb from the Second World War has been found near Wembley Stadium where Wickham play their playoff final tomorrow. Oh, guys, come on, really? And David Cameron will begin discussions with other European leaders today on his plans to reform Britain's relationship with the EU. BBC's Three Counties ah, Radio. Man. Morning to you. You're right. Yes, I'm fine, thank you. I feel privileged to um, be trusted with with information and data that you give me. So thank really? you. Really? Yeah, I do. I do. Still won't give me your phone number or the county you live in. <laughs> That's fine. I can feel the the ice between us thawing. I can just feel it thawing. It may be worth saying on another year just to get that um, that information from yeah. you. the information. Well, if you ever. If you ever come round to my house... Thank you, that's good. If you ever do... Promising. I'll tell you the full story about when I made a politician cry during my show that no-one knows about during a trail. Some of those trails are very emotional, though. <laughs> the one for the Chelsea Flower Show, that really got to me. That really got to me. Uh, what's on your show today, She Jonathan? literally said, I can't believe you asked me that. <laughs> right, OK. When you get something, no, no names, no pack to it, but when you no. get something like... I, I was just saying to, to Jonathan, I find it um, so much easier to uh, uh, to hold to account, we say, to be slightly more confrontational with a guest when they're on the phone. When they're in... I'm giving away my secrets now. They'll all want to come in. When they're in the studio, I find it a little bit harder to kind of ask those probing questions. Mm. I just feel myself holding back a little bit. Um, and uh, you, you were telling me this, this, this story about how you made someone cry. When you get something like that... Yeah. How does that how does that make you feel? How do you how do you respond when you've got you, someone's in tears because of a do you feel guilty? Do you think you deserve it? Do you think Yeah, I felt yeah, I felt bad. I had to uh say that again. I felt bad. I then had to say I, I had to say because look, I okay, I'll tell the story without naming any names. Yeah. So I was um in the run up to the election. Well, you don't narrow it down too much. An election yes. in the past. I was interviewing a politician on my show who was in the studio and uh, seemingly my questions upset this politician because yeah. when I then played an advert, I think it was for your show, mm. the politician burst into tears. Gosh. And genuine tears. No, genuine tears. No and I was sitting there thinking, yeah. oh, my God, I've just made this politician cry. Mm. So I then had to say, look, don't take this personally. This is my jo job to ask you difficult questions. And your job as the politician is to respond to those questions because you are running for Parliament. So mm. you have to be able to... And uh, she then managed to pull herself back just in time mm. for me to play a jingle and then ask her more questions. It was most awkward. Uh, do you think the question... I don't, I don't know what the question is. I don't need, particularly need to know it. But do you think that it was... You don't, do you mind talking about this? Or you're, no, no, I, I don't I, mind. I just no, find it fascinating. Uh, do, do you think the question was appropriate, or do you think that it went too far? Yeah, the question was appropriate, but seemingly it hit a raw nerve right, okay. because there were some personal circumstances right. that this politician had had that I'd brought into the question in order to make it more personal. Well, then that's their problem, isn't it, then? And the politician got upset by it. Well, that, that's their problem, then, isn't it? If, 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 if something that is relevant to their, their position is being brought up and they get upset, well, then... Well, yeah. Yeah, really. But I, it's never happened before. In a, uh, did you not feel like referencing it? Because quite often what I like to do is if... I, I remember come I, back and say... I, you just started crying. Yeah. 
Well, I, 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 when I had a couple, of, I remember having a couple of counsellors in who were, were, were idiots, and I would ask them a question, and they would kind of look at each other and pull faces. And I said, no, "Oh, that's interesting. You're, you're looking at each other and pulling faces as though you don't respect that question. What, what, what's, what's that all about?" I felt, based on the reason for this politician crying, yeah. that for me to then draw attention to it would be insensitive, mm. because this politician obviously didn't want people to know that she'd been crying. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And you've just had that lesson from two award winners it for will, free, guys. It, it will all be for all free. the detail in the book. In about 60 years' time? Well, if I'm still alive. Uh, what's on your show? Who are you going to make cry this morning? Oh, well, I don't, I don't know. I Hopefully nobody will cry this morning for my show, but I'm hoping lots of people have views and opinions because from nine on the big phone-in, I'm going to be asking, should the anti-Islam protest be allowed in Luton? 28-year-old Jada Franson is the deputy leader of the anti-Islam political group Britain First. On the 27th of June, she's coming to Luton to march from the train station to the town centre, where she hopes to address hundreds of supporters. Oh. Jada says on Twitter that the Allah in the Quran that Muslims worship is Satan, not God. And her Twitter profile declares that Islam is destroying the world. Well, the Labour MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuka, says he'd rather Jada and her group didn't come to Luton but only the police and the Home Secretary can actually stop them. Well, Jada will be live on my programme at nine today. Listen to what she has to say. And I really want you to join the conversation. I want you to have your say. Come on and talk to her, if you wish. Should the anti-Islam protest be allowed in Luton? Or, frankly, are we sick and tired of this kind of thing coming to this town? Mm. From nine this morning, 08459 455 555 for your response. Tomorrow, Wembley is going to be a sea of blue. Still fills me with awe when I see all these football fans heading towards this playoff final. It's the League Two playoff final as Wickham take on Southend. Referee's blown his whistle. Wickham Wanderers have done it. 12 months from surviving on goal difference. They're going to Wembley. From two, we'll be live with the fans. Woke up at six o'clock in the morning, couldn't get back to sleep. Watch the highlights again of the playoff semi. And yeah, that's where I've been. Then from 5.30, there's uninterrupted commentary on the game itself. Morrison's there! It's a goal! Wickham have got a second! Wickham versus Southend in the League Two playoff final. Tomorrow from two, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, I don't get this job. We've had a complaint. Um, so I've got to uh, apologise for uh, undue prominence to a product and I've got to play this instead. Bipedal waffles, waffle versatile. They go with eggs, beans, chips, fish fingers. Ooh, fish fingers. It's the BBC. It's the BBC, and that's what we've got to do. Ooh, fish fingers. Yeah, tell me about it. Here's something. I'm, I'm remembering food. I didn't... Because I'm only just... Uh... <laughs> Who made those waffles? I'm, I'm wondering now. Scoins has just messaged, this is a breach of my human rights. <laughs> yeah, that's why I voted Tory, so you've got no human rights. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Um... Uh, I, I'm remembering food, because I've only been eating meat now, well, for well over a year. I'm remembering food that I've, I've not had for a long... I've never had a fish finger sandwich. Oh! oh but you want, like, not a posh one. Posh ones are rubbish. Oh, you you want were, proper... we, we, we went out for lunch with your little girl and the posh fish finger sandwich. What was that all about? I know, it was, it was more like small bits of battered... Co it was too posh. 
No. Too posh. You want a really cheapo one on a cheap bit of white bread. Ooh, fish fingers. Ooh, I've only yeah. just learnt fish finger sandwich. Oh, mate. Toasted. No, that's in, that's that's just mm. fish fingers on toast. No, no. A friend sandwich. of mine puts them in pitta. She likes a pitta pocket. Ooh, mm. fish fingers. Mm. Can I can I set that as my um, text alert, please? Is there a way? How do I do that on my phone? So that if, if yeah, everyone, every can. time I get a text, I get ooh, fish fingers. That would be awesome, <laughs> wouldn't it? Right, let's be. I tell you what we're going to do. Can we put this as just a bonus track at the? Everyone, be quiet, okay? This is the bonus track at the end of uh, the this week's podcast. Uh, and if this is if you want this as your text alert, Paul Scoyne saying uh, all fish fingers. Okay, so we have a nice silent bit here. There we go, silence, and then so it's a nice clear thing. Here we go. All fish fingers. There we go. That's now that's now your text alert. Uh, that, that'll that'll learn him. That's funnier than it needs to be, isn't it? It really. I mean, it just it doesn't get. Uh, I like mushy peas. Oh, fish fingers. That's a meal. They go nice. That's a meal, isn't it? You want we got, some we got a, that's it. I go. Do you know what I really fancy for my supper tonight? Actually, I fancy a Dave and Scoins. A Dave and Scoins, yeah. I like mushy peas. Oh, fish fingers. <laughs> I really fancy a Dave and Scoins. Nice. Really nice. Have we got any Texas? Yeah, we have. Mark in Bedford's trying to pwn someone who's clearly not listening because they're I'm concentrating sorry. on a book. I've got to have a Dave and Scoins again. I like to mushy peas. All fish fingers. There we go. Right, Mark, Carry on. Yes. Mark in Bedford says, hats off to the lady who just drove through Cotton End whilst reading a book. To do these simultaneously is an unusual skill. Yeah, it's a skill, though. Got to respect that. Got to respect nice. the skills. Nice, nice, nice. Stephen uh, Luton says, does this bed CCG re scenario remind you of Barnfield and, more importantly, a systematic issue in the fractured public sector? Yep. Well, yep, that's, yeah, but Barnfield, the question was as to whether it had been done on purpose. There's no suggestion of that here. No, but it, the, the, the thing that reminded me of, um, of Barnfield was uh, people coming and going. Mm. People coming and going. And, you know, so you, you, it's, it's hard to point... You can't point the finger at somebody, which is what... We, we had a really interesting thing on the radio the other day about the banks. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, uh, how about no-one in the banks has gone to prison or no-one has stood in the dock. And Barclays have been... I've just had a fine of, I think, like one point four billion pounds okay so Barclays have admitting jigging around with the, the, all these rates and fixing things and lying yeah. and manipulating but no individual but no person or group of people has stood up in front of a court of law or stood up and said it was me gov there also doesn't seem to be an appetite to find those people from the politicians does there no exactly and it's just that kind of um, you know that it's it's just that we would that we want people to to take responsibility for what they've done yeah because someone Make that decision, surely. Do you know what I fancy for my supper tonight? I fancy uh, a, a, a Dave and Scoins while I'm wearing a Sadiq. What? I like mushy peas. But I potato waffles, muffin versatile. Stetson. Eggs, beans, gypsies, fingers. Travel news from beds. I can't shut him up. Hang on a minute. BBC. Hang on. Right, he's shut up now. Away you go. <laughs> on the A1M northbound, it's slow at Junction 6 for Wellin, and that's looking um, particularly in lanes. Oh, it's moved. I will get back to you about that one. On the M25 and... What do you mean you'll get back to us on that one? <laughs> I've never three. heard that before. You're going to get back to us understand. on that one? <laughs> I don't understand my notes. On the M25... It's Barnfield all over again. You can't just say, oh, no, I don't understand. I'll get back to you on that it's one. Slow. Suppose it's you don't slow need on that. the A1M northbound at Junction 6 for Wellin. It says three lanes into two. I think I understand now what that means. I think it means that three lanes have just become two lanes. Yes, it's three to two, like the, the, uh, the, the Spice Girls <laughs> song. Oh, no, it's two into one. Go on. Um, 
Okay, on the M25, it's slow anti-clockwise from Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. And on the North Orbital Road, it's slow at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. In Haley on the A10, there are queues eastbound between the Harlow Turnoff and the Amwell roundabout. It's looking slow on all the approaches to the roundabout at the moment, but it's clearing up on the A10 at Hoddesdon at the Hoddesdon roundabout where there was an accident earlier. On the train departure boards, there's no reports of any problems, but on the London Underground, there is severe delays on the Bakerloo line between Harrow and Wilston and Queen's Park. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, that's right. She said Deleuze. I like mushy peas. All fish fingers. Stetson. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The body which funds NHS services in Bedfordshire says balancing the books will not affect patient care or frontline services despite a £43 million deficit. David Cameron will begin negotiations today on reforming Britain's relationship with the EU and an undetonated German bomb from the Second World War has been found near Wembley Stadium where Wickham are due to play their playoff final tomorrow. Road closures remain in place. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. And Wickham will check on the fitness of goalkeeper Matt Ingram ahead of that League Two playoff final at Wembley against South End tomorrow. Ingram missed both semi-final matches. Chairboys boss Gareth Ainsworth says they'll treat it like they treated the semi-finals. We're going to approach it the same way as we've approached all games. League form is gone. It's um, it's a tournament we've entered into, and this tournament's called the playoffs, and we've got to the final of that tournament. So. After 46 games, we deserve to be where we were. We ended up in this tournament and we're going to approach this game like we have done in the other two games in the tournament. And there's full coverage from Wembley from 2pm tomorrow with kick-off at 5.30. The new Stevenage manager Teddy Sheringham admits the club are taking a gamble in appointing him, but the former England and Manchester United striker is ready for the pressures of management. I hope to take it in, in my stride, that whatever's thrown us. But uh, I do realise that uh, in football you, you're, never, you're never surprised about anything. So it will be an interesting season without a doubt. Elsewhere, Watford launched their new home kit for the Premier League this afternoon and Milton Keynes-Don's season ticket sales have passed the 6,000 mark ahead of the new championship season. In golf, Italy's Francesco Molinari leads the PGA Championship at Wentworth after a first-round seven-under par 65. Rory McIlroy is six strokes behind but faces a fine for throwing his golf club. Buckinghamshire's Luke Donald shared McIlroy's frustration. It's a shame that uh, the grass has come in like it has. It, uh, I'm not sure... It looks great on TV and you know this is our our biggest tournament of the year we probably should be a bit more perfectionist on on having the the best conditions possible but um, you're saying that they rolled pretty well and England's cricketers will resume this morning on 354 for seven on day two of the first test against New Zealand at Lords. Joe Root hit 98 as England recovered yesterday from 30 for four. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. Oh blimey! Hang on! Hang on! Hang on! People in this oh, country deserve to have stuff for free. Yeah! We can do that. We can do that. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Andy's on the line. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Ian. What would you like to say, madam? Sir? I'd just like to... <laughs> Sorry. I'd just like to say how nice it is to have Paul Scoynes on the programme. Why is it so... That's... Oh, gosh. Is, is, this a, is this a wind-up? No! Is it, are you pr- are you punking me? I think the kids call it these days. Are you candid cameraing punking me? <laughs> Paul Scoynes. Yeah. Why? Well, 
Well, because he's, he, he, he does so many other programmes as well. It's about time he was on in the morning as well. <laughs> he, he pops he provides, up... Provides he provides a lot of information. He pops up from time to time. In fact, Scoins, if you're listening, come downstairs. I need you to come in the studio uh, for a second. Well, what information... You know, well, you know I'm in legal trouble now because I've been I was playing basically an advert because of Paul Scoins. I've got to play this now. Hang on. Oh, flipping it. The computers have all gone to cock. Hang on. I've got to play this now. Baby potato waffles, waffle versatile. They go with eggs, beans, gypsies, fingers. Oh, fish fingers. Baby potato waffles, waffle versatile. You really want more of Scoins? Um... Perhaps not. Thank um, you very much indeed, Andy. Thank you very much indeed. We've got any Texas? Yeah. Scoring's come down. It's the Eurovision section. Morning, Matt. Uh, Good morning. This is Ooh, all... You sound perky. I am this morning. I'm so perky. It's unbelievable. Your eyes are a bit wide and you're staring at me like a weirdo. Oh. I know. I've been on lots of paracetamol and ibuprofen and... Uh, oh, yeah, look yeah. at him! Look at him! I remember that. Look. Go on, let's have some Texas. They're all asking for the hobo back. Uh, I'm Nikki. I love your show. If a man called Mark can cancel the hobo, can a girl called Nikki make it come back? Nope. Uh, I'm glad you've stopped playing the hobo. I'm allergic to stray dogs wandering the land, having adventures, including meeting a character played by DeForest Mate, Kelly. Doing a radio show. Hey. Well, that was a bit disrespectful. Yep. A bit disrespectful. This one's better, isn't it? Well, yeah. Look, he even knocked my mic off. Yeah. <laughs> you've knocked him off. Hey. Knock me off. Uh, Lisa says, instead of the hobo, can we have the mysterious cities of God? No, it's not about old TV. There was a, you know, the, the, the littlest hobo. It wasn't just because, oh, it's a cute old kids' TV show. There was a vi- there was a reason for it. I don't remember. There what. was a reason. It was an artistic one. It's gone. Uh, Tim in Bedford, why don't you change the song each week? You could each have a no. Twitter cho- vote for a, for a choice of two. What do you think we are? Vote? BBC Northampton? No, we're not doing that. If you're listening, Northampton, you can have that one. You can have that one, guys. You can have our cut. We send all of our cast-offs there. We've been trying to speaking of cast-offs. We've been trying to send Matt. Lo- Sorry, Did you just stifle a burp? Yeah. Did you really? Well, yes. That's very noble of you. Well yeah. done. Uh, now, listen. Oh, oh, I've got to do this. He's standing up to broadcast. <laughs> what is this, the late 90s? I'm like Foxy. Not Foxy. <laughs> Danny Baker. I'm doing it so I can see you guys. Hang on okay. a second. It's time for this. <laughs> hey, that's amazing. That is Put that together. That was Kelly Betts. Well not done, Kelly that. Betts. That's not bad, wow. is it? I'm impressed by that. Yeah. Now, uh, we're here, guys, mm-hmm. because we are, bizarrely, three gentlemen, two heterosexual men celebrating Eurovision. Three heterosexual men, I've just been told in my ear. Yes, yes. That's, celebrating that's... Eurovision, which is unusual. It's unusual. Paul Scoins, you're the official Eurovision correspondent for the show. Hello. Give us a little update. What's happening this weekend? Well, all the talk in the stadium seems to be that uh, big things are expected from Russia. Their YouTube hits certainly uh, far greater than any of the other yep. countries. And why would that be, you wonder? I mean, it's wonder, not like yeah. they've got some sort of organisation that can manipulate... An- anyway, um, so they're looking good. Mate, uh, I'm not uh, having this. I'm what? not having this... Um, you, uh, so you, are you saying that the KGB are not manipulating YouTube hits for Russia's <laughs> Eurovision entries? Is that what you're what? saying? That's not they, happening. They've got, bit, they've got a bit more stuff to sort out with Ukraine. Why and gay marriage. Like that? Well, it's just shush. Now, Lockers, why are you in here? Because I'm going to a party tomorrow night. Yay! He's going to your Eurovision party. Eurovision. Eurovision. And you're really looking forward to it Eurovision. now that we've told you you have to do it. Yeah, man. The party being hosted by a local singer-songwriter <laughs> who... Who... <laughs> 
who local singer songwriter who um, uh, is a little bit of beef with the Eurovision. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Raymond Marks. Good morning, Raymond. Morning. How are you doing, fella? You're right. Yes, fine. Let's just wait for this beautiful uh, tomorrow evening. Tomorrow evening. Now, so uh, did you have you been watching the s- semi-finals, Raymond? Oh yes, very very carefully. What what have you made of what you've seen? Well, Russia, the lady in it looks like my daughter-in-law, so oh. my son is a man of taste. Oh, very, very nice. Is the song any good? <clears throat> um, yes, well, uh, how can I just say it? It's very, very hard to sort of take them all in and say some songs are better and some songs are worse, because um, uh, the thing I would say to you is each country was trying very, very hard, and that was very impressive. Is the Russian song about death? No, the Russian song is about a million voices, isn't it? A million voices, what? Now, listen, we should explain. Uh, Raymond, you are a songwriter. Yep. Uh, and you've written songs for the Eurovision, uh, and you're upset, and I, I kind of agree. I don't understand how this works. Maybe Paul can explain I it. I can, I can, yeah. How the song for the, the song that song for Europe, for Europe that yeah. we choose, how does that get chosen, Paul? Well, it used to be chosen uh, to the public vote yep. uh, a couple of years ago. and well, originally song for Europe. So, yes. <laughs> it used to go to um, well originally I mean you, a, a song just came up and it was put through record yeah. companies put it through and BBC said yeah we'll have that one then a couple of years ago it went to a public vote and now it's gone back to the sort of BBC going yeah we're going to go with that one because the public could not pick songs they weren't That's picking why. yeah well I, I say, you say the public could not pick songs it would seem Raymond I, I mean I, let me not be presumptive what do you think of this year's song Raymond um, well, it's very different. It's very nice, and um, you know, good good luck to Let Travelvia. I really hope they win. Um, Are they going to win? Um, it's very very hard. Uh, I think a more honourable way of approaching Eurovision is to say, can we be in the top five? Because if it's the top five, <laughs> we, we've done well. We, we've got. I'm just going to play a snatch of it now. This is the, the Electro luck- Velvet song. Hang on one second. Waffles, waffly versatile. They go with eggs, beans, chips, fish fingers, all fish fingers. Potato waffles, waffly versatile. That's the song. I like it. It's, it's, it's full of spunk, isn't it? Well, that was something about fish fingers. That wasn't still oh. in love with you. Oh. Is that not it? Oh, flipping it. I've been sent there. I've been given the wrong file. OK, right. <laughs> uh, Raymond, you're having a party on Saturday night. You do this every Eurovision, don't you? Well, we certainly did it last year, and it was a big success. Who, 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 how many people are there, and what happens? Well, there's about 10 or 12 of us, and uh, the, 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 we have a drink, and we watch the show together and just chat. But each person scores each song according to how they feel about it. And we score them on the song, the, mm. the performance, and the scenario. And um, we see if we can ID who actually wins or who comes in the top. R- Raymond, I've got some uh, some stats that I want to throw at you just as a songwriter, because um, I understand that major keys lose two times out of three and minor keys will win the same amount. So what, what does that say about songwriting and whether or not it uh, rings a bell with people? Rings a bell. Well, a minor that. key is a pretty powerful thing in songwriting. Um, you've also got uh, a, something I call um, a turn, which I think other songwriters call a bridge, where you change... If you think of the song of the best, right in the middle, she goes in a different direction. It's very attractive. You find songs often made interesting by having that sort of thing going on. So there's quite a few tips. Techniques you can use. The last five losing Eurovision entries have also all been paced at either 127 or 128 beats per minute. Why, why is that such an unlucky beat? Um, well, Graham Norton ran a show, How to Win Eurovision, about three or four years ago, and they were going into you've got to have a change of key, you've got to get in quickly into the thing, and um, 
I would say Eurovision is almost impossible to analyse like that. You, uh, everyone, everyone in the business I talk to says it's all about the song. Keep it good, keep it simple, and then the rest of it you build on that. And I think that's a good way of doing it. You've got to, you've got to believe in the song, and. Um, yeah, that's the way to do it. Oh, interestingly, lyrically as well uh, can have an impact. If you uh, use the word sunshine in your lyrics, for example, uh, that's yes. not good news. It's only been mentioned five well, times. Well, hang on a minute. What about walking on sunshine? Well, that's one yeah, of... they, they came number one. Indeed, but that's the only time that the use of the word sunshine in any lyric has ever been successful in Eurovision. I don't know. I mean, maybe that means something. Uh, consequently, as well, storms is also very good. So thunder, lightning, they've all been mentioned by winners as well. What does that say? Well... We can analyse the content of the songs to death, but I think, in the end, it's the song yeah. as presented on Thank the you. night. Um, one thing I noticed in the semi-finals, a couple of people seemed a little bit nervous. And, yeah. uh, I felt that was a bit sad because, you know, they were surrounded by so many lights, it was like a galaxy. It must be it must be terrifying, though, Raymond, because a lot of these singers are, are unknowns. You know, I know there are a few names in there, but a lot of them are unknowns, and to be in such a big... Uh, arena surrounded, as you say, by a galaxy of lights with, with... I mean, how many people are going to watch this? Like a billion oh, people it's, or something? it's hundreds of millions. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, a big, it's a big gig. It's the biggest event outside sport. Could you hold your own in front of that many people? Um, well, I think, uh, yes, I, I could, you know, because... The whole thing is quite... Oh, I'd love to see There's that. a lot of warmth in the thing. People are cheered on, and yeah. they're sort of... Um, if, you, if you watch the show, they're waving flags. Well, I would love on. to see you, Raymond, getting cheered on while you're holding your own. Now, you are very kindly... You, this is the reason that Matt Lockwood is here. You've, invi- you've said that Matt can come round... Uh, and record a little piece, a couple of pieces for our show to the party. Raymond, let me give you the opportunity. If you want to uh, revoke Matt's invitation to your party, no one will think any less of you. No, we want to confirm Matt's invitation. Well, that's okay, so we'll be coming. Do I have to behave in a certain way at this party? No, just relax and enjoy yourself and be part of the the thing. (laughs) Just relax. So, in terms of relaxing, does this involve me standing up, sitting down? What position will I have to adopt? We'll be sitting down watching the television, smart TV, of course. Course, oh, and, um, nice. you'll have a score sheet and you can score yourself. Like oh, lovely. Have you got a big TV, like 62 inches or something? <laughs> How many inches you got, Raymond? No, no, it's, only, it's 42 inches. Oh, that's plenty, a, a isn't it? All right, listen, so. you, Raymond, you are such a good sport. Um, uh, we'll, I, we'll speak to you on Monday. Can I pass on one? I've been doing a little bit more uh, uh, on the stats. Yeah, go on. And in the first 12 years we entered, we came in the top five ten times. Yeah. In the last 15 years we've entered, we only came in the top five twice. Now, the the, Uh, the spectator did this poll, and I quote from them, the most successful Eurovision numbers tend to be picked by an open vote in contests with mass popularities like Sweden's Melodifasten. In Britain, an anonymous BBC bureaucrat nominates our candidate, similar to the procedure used in the old Soviet intervention song. It's Dave, isn't it? Dave does it. (laughs) I would... Raymond, listen, Danger No Stranger is, is your song... I, I, I like the Electro Velvet. I do. I genuinely do. Uh, and uh, I know there's a local connection. Uh, but I, I just think Danger No Stranger, I just think it would, it, would, it would be so refreshing to have something like that there. Well, the thing is, um, I'm very happy and prepared to submit, uh, submit anything we put forward to the public vote. The snag is, each year we've tried it, the BBC have said, we're still deciding, we're still deciding. Oh, we've decided. And uh, it's been, we've been fended off. And uh, I was talking to Mike Reed about this, who was involved in yep. Eurovision in the past. He said, one of the snags about the way it's done now is there's a huge pool of talent that aren't getting the opportunity they used to have. Mm. 
And to be even a candidate for Eurovision was quite a big thing for a performer and a songwriter in the past. Raymond, I've got to move on. Listen, we'll speak to you on Monday. Matt, you, yeah, okay. you've got his details and you know where to go, do you? I will, yes. Are yeah, you yeah. going to take a bottle or, or something with you? I think I will, actually, oh, yes. Right, good yes. idea. Yes. Raymond, listen, let's keep our fingers crossed and we'll speak on Monday. OK, lovely speaking to you. Thank you very much. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. And there are delays northbound at Junction 6 for Welland where the road gets more narrow and three lanes become two lanes. On the M25 anti-clockwise it's slow from Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 16 for the M40 and in Hayley it's busy on the A10 eastbound between the Hollow Turnoff and the Armwell Roundabout. In Little Haddam the Stortford Road is slow in both directions at the Much Haddam turning that's taking turns across the bridge between Bishop Stortford and the A10. In Aylesbury on the A41 it's busy on Bicester Road between uh, around the Cottonwheel Roundabout head past Ellsbury Vale Parkway train station and on the train departure boards there's no reports of any delays but the underground and the Bakerloo line has severe delays between Harrow and Wilston and Queen's Park. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.47, it's Friday the 22nd of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The body which funds NHS services in Bedfordshire says balancing the books will not affect patient care or frontline services despite a £43 million deficit. David Cameron is beginning talks to renegotiate the terms of Britain's membership of the European Union at a summit in Latvia. And homes have been evacuated after an undetonated German bomb from the Second World War was found near Wembley Stadium, where Wickham play their playoff final tomorrow. Let's get the weather. Here's Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's a rather cloudy day today, a lot cloudier than yesterday, but it's still feeling relatively warm, actually. Where we do get a bit of brightness a bit later on, possibly even some sunshine, then we're looking at temperatures that are shooting up to around 18 or 19 degrees. Um, it's feeling quite clammy, it's quite sort of humid, really. It's high dew point air. Now, we could see one or two showers a bit later on through the afternoon. It's always a risk of that, but many places will be dry for the rest of the day, just really rather cloudy. Overnight tonight again staying very mild, thickening cloud all the while, uh, lows of around 11 or 12 degrees in the towns and for tomorrow a cloudy start but brightening up nicely some lovely sunshine I think t um, tomorrow we'll be see the best day of the bank holiday weekend and it will feel a little bit cooler than today perhaps but still highs of 16 or 17 degrees dry as well on Sunday we'll start off on a nice bright way some sunshine through the morning but cloud thickening outbreaks of rain for a time through the afternoon and then sunshine again to end the day but it will feel a bit cooler so bank holiday Monday a bit of a cooler fresher feel to things some sunny spells quite a bit of cloud and the risk of one or two showers that's the forecast Every weekday from three, local stories. People in Watford are being urged to celebrate their local heroes by creating a postcard in their honour. In other local news, rugby fans are being warned to watch out for fake World Cup tickets. Roberto Peroni. Now, a metal detectorist has discovered a archaeological find in a field near Royston in Hertfordshire. Taxi drivers in Luton are demanding to be allowed to drive in bus lanes at all times. There is to be a new station at the Leighton Buzzard Narrow Gauge Railway. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC. Three Counties Radio. Morning, Alec. Good morning. Uh, what have you got for us? Oh, I just want to have a bit of a wind. Go on, for you've come to the right place. You're speaking to the wingiest man in Britain. Go on. Right. Uh, can anybody tell me why 
buses that pick children up to go to school at this time of the morning have to park in the middle of the road, oh. blocking the road, Aye. when they've got plenty of room to park by the curb on both sides of the car they've stopped by. Ah. Now, going on from that, having, having approached the company involved... Uh-oh, yeah. And to ask the same question, they just hung up on me. Oh, no, did thou? Now, Alec, yeah. how, did you ask, how did you ask the question? Did you ask it in the polite yet slightly grumpy way you're asking me, or were you a bit more aggressive? No, just as I asked you. They hung up on you, did they? Yeah. Oh, well, that's no good. Where about, uh, well, no, maybe not, because we might no, work no, out. No, no, yeah, yeah. we don't want that one, do we? Don't, we? we don't want that one. Well, how, how long does it slow you down for? Oh, only a couple of minutes. Enjoy it. Alec, enjoy it. Look at it. Look at it as a gift from the coach company to get a little bit zen, to find your inner peace. Not got the time. Alec, you get to listen to us more in the car. That's surely got to be a a bonus, hasn't it? Well, I suppose so. Thank you very much indeed. You see, what I did there was I turned that frown, Justin, upside down. (laughs) Very clever. Very clever indeed. I've got to say, the update on uh, your shoes... Yes, my sexy shoes, yes. I mean, it looks like you're wearing a slip. Have you seen our new follower, by the way? No. Check out his other interests. Uh, 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 <laughs> what are they? <laughs> well, having uh, If you're over the age of 18 and you're not shocked by um, 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 adult images, then then check uh, um, Steve Timmer's um, other followers, uh, people that he follows. He follows us and very, very niche and, fo- following as well. And one football team. But you two are the only men. <laughs> <laughs> well, are we? I don't know. It's hard to tell from those pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Are they the uh, the Babe Station girls? By yeah, I don't think they'd get work on Babe Station. Oh, uh, let's even better, have, then. let's okay, let's have a look. We posted a picture of you in um, uh, slippers with no sh- socks uh, excuse on. Excuse me, tassel loafers. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. We said here's Justin Daly, his choice of footwear. Retweet for plum. Favorite uh. for icon. Eighteen favorites. Excellent, including one from my sister. Number of retweets, 37. Can I just say, though... Yes, sir. Just have a look at those retweets and look at the people who have retweeted it. Look, classy that's people I'm, there. No, no, that's all I'm going to say. Most people hidden by images <laughs> of dogs and, and eggs and things like that. And Can then I, have you seen the picture, of, the picture of your nan wearing them? Uh, have you seen that? Yes, I've seen that, yes. Yeah? Very funny. Very <laughs> funny indeed, yeah? Hmm. OK. You all right? Yeah, fine, yeah, you. Great stuff. <laughs> I mean, Great to be stuff. fair, I don't know how you'd wear them with socks without looking like Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's true. Guys, it's 2015, tassel loafers, no socks, skinny jeans, it's in fashion. If you can't handle that, mate, mate, that's your problem, not mine. Mate, I've got to say, it's it's been really nice working with Matt Lockwood, hasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you want to start putting together a Matt Lockwood memorial package now, just to save time on Monday? (laughs) Stranger. (laughs) No No danger. danger. There's certainly danger where you're going tomorrow (laughs) night, my friend. (laughs) I cannot already. I am laughing. I reckon we can get two hits. I reckon that's probably the lead. Yeah, I, we can get two hits out of that. <laughs> Already, I'm laughing. I can only imagine what that audio is going to sound like. It's going to sound Matt. awkward. It's going to sound so awkward, as you said, awkward but to the power of a million. Well, it's it's going to be wonderful. To use one of my favourite words, I think it's going to be chaos around it, <laughs> and it really will be. It's our, our next next week's podcast is is, is going to be recorded tomorrow night. Basically, <laughs> that's what's happening. Um, oh, hang on a minute, Justin. We just took a call. Co- 
Do uh, hang on a second. We just we just took a call about coaches, and Mark wants to call in about that as well. Morning, Mark. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Have you got beef with coaches? Um, I have, unfortunately. I think when, I think when they they got children in, I think it's a little bit more emotive. And I won't mention I won't mention the name, but there are two schools. One in particular, I go through on my way to the office, and yes. regularly because I have a high def forward facing camera in my vehicle, oh. um, you you can see them very 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 clearly yeah. um, on their mobile phones playing, having a sausage roll, well, having the, their the, the kids in the back of the coach. No, very funny. The, the drivers in the front. The drivers and, are on there. And if you send the video file as I did to one of those companies, um, they never responded. And when I called them, they just denied all knowledge of it and said their drivers are professional. They don't do that. But they they congregate as well in a certain small village through the high street after they stop the um, uh, drop the children off, and then they they just block the road, they, they are appalling. Mark, the, Professional the, coach, you know, the, the, normal coach drivers, yeah. they're great, but these the, ones... The video footage you've got of the drivers um, uh, eating and playing on their phones, could you send that to us? Uh, I could, but it's been overwritten now. But oh. the next time I get it, no, yeah. I tell you what, it happens on a weekly basis. Right. I'd be more than happy to do it. Do you know do what? Because we'd be interested in, in having a little look at that, Mark. And maybe, um, you know, if the coach companies won't do anything, well, then maybe we, we should shout a little bit louder because that is outrageous. It, it is outrageous. Um, they, they also, because they're on their phones, they'll pull out between stationary traffic that's on the road. Yeah. And then you become, you've got this situation where everybody's going to start oh. reversing because they just creep forward Drivers while on they're on their Phone. Drivers on their phones does much. Mark, listen, stay there. I'm going to pass you back to Catherine. She'll give you an email address. Uh, if you've sit there, there's a story in it. Just I feel an investigation. If coming you've on. seen coach drivers, particularly when they've got kids on the back, you know, when it's taking them to school, eating and on their mobile phones. Get in touch with us. We'd like to know a little bit more. Now, Justin, mm. uh, we were uh, compiling a list of films where people have blacked up, yellowed over or whited down. Um, yeah. You've taken this to the streets. Yeah, I mean, White Chicks, one of my favourite films of all time. Do I sit there saying, oh, that's outrageous. There's yeah. two black men there who are, who are now white girls. No, no not at all. But uh, I've taken this one to the streets. Uh, people blacking up, whiting up. Is it out of order? Are they offended? Here's what people had to say. We're talking about films this morning where people black up and they white up. Up. Is there anything wrong with having a different colour on your skin for a film, for argument's sake? Definitely not. What do you think about people who get very upset about those sort of things? They're oversensitive. Chenga, you're a, a black female here yep. this morning. Mm -hmm. um, if you saw somebody in a movie mm -hmm. and they were blacked up for that role, would that annoy you? Would that offend you? Not straight away. I would need, to be honest, I would need to understand where they're going with it. Because I'm, I'm, I am realistic because I, I, I have a great sense of humour. So first I would need to understand where they're going with it. Yeah. But after a while, if I realise it's a serious movie, it's, then yeah, I would be very offended. But if it's for comedy... Oh, please, go on, go ahead. <laughs> oh, please, go on, go So on. if it's for fun, no problem. If it's I somebody who's trying to be serious, almost mocking you, that's when you would get offended. I would be so offended. I would be very offended. For comedy, go ahead, I'll do the same. Yeah, yeah I would white up myself. <laughs> it's comedy. We're having a laugh. So as a white man, how would you feel if a black actor put on white face paint for a movie? Would that offend you in the slightest? No. No. 
If you're watching a film, madam, and you have a, a white actor who's blacked up for that, would you be offended by that? Of course I would. Yeah, definitely. Can you tell me why you'd be offended? Because obviously uh, I'm not a black member of the public, so I, I don't get that to a certain degree. So, so why would you be offended by that? Well, because there's plenty of black actors around, aren't there? But what if it was for comedy, though? There's no need for it these days. Absolutely not, because there's black comedy actors, there's black actors, there's no need for it. And I think it's offensive as well. Mm. There's no need for it. I mean, I've just spoken to quite a few people who say, you know, if you get offended by this, you're a little bit oversensitive. Are you oversensitive? No, no way. There's nothing to do with that. It's just... 21st century now, there's no need for it. None whatsoever. Justin, thank you very much for that. You've got 20 seconds. What's on the show tomorrow at midday? Uh, on the show tomorrow, we are playing the UK and uh, American charts from a year in the 1970s. Plus, uh, we're doing a you Eurovision don't know what special. Year, do you? I think it's 1970 something. What year is it? I've forgotten. Boss. Well, I might not listen then. All right, mate. We've got a we're... Eurovision special. We've got requests from the streets. And the Wickham <laughs> manager picks his favourite musical memory. There were some years from the 70s I wasn't keen on. Okay. We well, need to confirm the year. <laughs> we'll talk after the programme. Thank you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Little Haddam on the A120 at Stortford Road, it's slow eastbound over the bridge between Bishop Stortford and the A10 by Ash River Bridge. In Hayley on the A10, that's got queues eastbound between the Harlow Turnoff and the Amwell Roundabout. And in St Albans, it's busy on the A414 eastbound between the North Orbital Road at the Park Street Roundabout. In Aylesbury, the A41 Vista Road is slow around the Cottonwell Roundabout. And on the Underground, the Bakerloo Line has severe delays between Harrow and Wilson and Queen's Park. There are also minor delays on the London Overground between Wembley Central and London Euston because of that signal failure that's also a in the Bakerloo line. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Have a nice weekend. That's it, guys. That's your lot for the week. Don't forget you can download the new podcast. It'll be up in a couple of hours. We're about to record some bonus bits for it. Thank you, Catherine, Justin, Kelly, Scoins, Lockers. Until Monday at 6 from us. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, should the anti-Islam protest be allowed in Luton? 28-year-old Jada Franson is the deputy leader of anti-Islam political group Britain First. On the 27th of June, she's coming to Luton to march from the train station to the town centre, where she hopes to address hundreds of supporters. Jada says on Twitter that the Allah in the Quran that Muslims worship is Satan, not God, and her Twitter profile declares that Islam is destroying the world. The Labour MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuka, says he'd rather Jada and her group didn't come to Luton, but only the police and the Home Secretary can actually stop them. Well, Jada will be live on my programme in just a few moments' time. Listen to what she has to say, and I want you to come on and have your say as well. Come on and speak to her if you wish. Should the anti-Islam protest be allowed in Luton? Pick up that phone, come on and have your say on 08459 455 555. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll take your call in just a second, but first, let's get the latest BBC News. It's one minute past nine. Here's Simon Oxley. The headlines, healthcare pledge in Bedfordshire, Cameron meeting EU leaders and bomb discovered near Wembley ahead of Wickham playoff final. BBC Three Counties Radio. The body which funds NHS services in Bedfordshire says balancing the books will not affect patient care or frontline services despite a £43 million deficit. NHS England 
England has provided a cash injection of £31 million for the Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group. Nick Robinson is the newly appointed accountable officer for the CCG. The legal directions, the special measures from NHS England are so important here. They're going to provide the oversight okay. and continuity and they're also going to help do the lessons learned exercise that we can give assurance to the wider public across the country that, that yeah. if there are issues that happened here during last year, all of the other CCGs can learn the lesson. David Cameron is beginning talks to renegotiate the terms of Britain's membership of the